0: we are live. Hello, I am Mr. Beat and this is another episode of 10 questions. If you don't know what 10 questions are, uh, it's basically a, a, an interview uh, format, but both sides are interviewing each other. And so I will be interviewing our special guest today. They will be interviewing me and we've both come up with 10 questions separately. We have no idea what the questions are Um, They're open-ended questions, hopefully, that will lead to a wonderful conversation. I'm not really afraid of that this time because my guest is somebody that I'm very familiar with already because I watch pretty much all his videos. My guest is Kyle um, from Geography King. Geography King is a channel mostly about American geography, Um, but I would say like... First of all subscribe um but i would say like it's a special type of geography where there's a lot of emphasis on just looking at desirable and undesirable characteristics of places mostly in the united states but sometimes he'll look elsewhere and this is stuff that i do for fun on my own anyway and so when i first came across this channel i was like this is built for me. So um, I'm one of those dorks that he caters to. Anyway, without further, um, uh, you know, uh, I don't want to say without further ado, because that's like cliche. So uh, without wasting any more time, uh, welcome to 10 questions, Kyle from Geography King, the Geography King. Hey, uh,
1: thanks for having me here. I appreciate it. Hope you guys are doing well out there.
0: <laughs> I think they are. There's a lot of your your fans in the chat here. Yeah, howdy there. It's Kyle. Yeah. <laughs> Howdy's your your. I don't say howdy very often, but it's a great word. Uh, yeah, that's not. I mean, that's something I
1: I say. That's not just a tagline. That's I always just greet people with, with howdy on the street. Um, so that's kind of how it became the the tagline.
0: <laughs> yeah. Uh, maybe give a little bit more background about yourself that I maybe stuff that I forgot to include like what else should everybody know about you and your channel?
1: Uh, It started off just about road tripping because I'm from the West coast. I live back East now in Tennessee and I just have driven cross country so many times and that's how the channel started. But then there's kind of a finite number of routes you can talk about with road tripping. There's only so much, only so many ways you can talk about I 20 across the country. So I started doing more geography content and it's uh much more popular. I mean, I wasn't just going for the more views, but I went more towards just actual geography um, and less travel stuff as it is as it used to be.
0: Yeah, but you do like to travel, which uh, yeah, you know,
1: that is that is my thing for sure. <laughs>
0: they complement each other well. I, I find that if somebody's really into geography, they probably also love to travel because, like, just experiencing as much of the world as we can. It's just, um, it's like somebody who has. Somebody who's a fan, I think, of your channel is probably somebody who's like has a bucket list of places to visit that's longer than the book. What is the book called? 5,000 Places to Visit. Oh, yeah, yeah. It's longer than what that book provides. Yeah. That's your typical viewer, I would say. And that's me. I, I love to get it uh, away from home. And uh, yeah, so oh, we got somebody from the Faroe Islands. Heck yeah to see like random spots where people are from really
1: pharaohs huh uh
0: so yeah the first question i'll start us off and it's a good kind of icebreaker anyway because it's kind of expanding on what you just said um why do you make videos like why'd you start doing this
1: uh well i started i mean i got laid off from a job in 2016 and kind of well, what am i going to do Try to tried this and that but i was like well i'm i'm good at geography i do a lot of road tripping there isn't at that time 2016 2017 there really wasn't that much good uh, road tripping or good geography kind of stuff so it's like well i can do this and um, just something i thought that it would just be just something to keep me entertained myself because i was doing the kind of stuff at home for fun just mm-hmm. going over census data and just it's keeping spreadsheets so all that yummy delicious census data yes yeah yeah i mean that's i was like well i'll make videos out of it and it just became uh, to the point where i can focus on youtube and uh, but yeah it just started from boredom honestly just from i needed something to do and try to focus on something i was good
0: at so were you the type of uh, kid like me that would just you know look up random geography facts and stare at maps and
1: (laughs) yeah yeah i was i started off when as a little kid just reading maps um i remember when i was probably five years old i had the old uh fold out city map of the town we moved to and i would be on my belly reading this map spread out on the floor i just memorized all the streets and then so my parents are driving around town and i'd be giving them directions from the back seat like turn right turn right (laughs) <laughs> like it's a five-year-old six-year-old kid in the back so um yeah i just always was for whatever reason just turned on to maps and uh also cars so it was just kind of a weird thing i was always playing with cars looking at maps driving the car on the maps and then for me to be so into road tripping now this it's almost like it was meant to be type thing so um but yeah, yeah I I, uh, that's so fun to be you know be doing what i love but yeah
0: you're like what kind of editing software do you use? It's probably <laughs> the I, I use it's called Vegas. Um, oh yeah. Sony Vegas. Yeah. I
1: don't know how to do much with it. It's I mean, i could probably spend a year looking at it and not figure half of it out, but I don't think I need most of, <clears throat> excuse me, most of what you can do. I'm not looking to do Hollywood type effects, but um, <laughs> I use PC. I think most people on YouTube use uh, Apple, but I'm a gamer. So I need to have a PC. I don't think you have as many options. Um, I think I don't, for whatever reason, I think most of the creators use
0: Mac. You, is it you use Apple? Yeah, I use Final Cut Pro mostly. But I, uh, DaVinci Resolve apparently is free. There's another option for PC. But uh, what you're doing works. I mean, because it's mainly your storytelling and uh, your personality and just. You're yeah, just, I mean, I mean, uh, uh, the wealth of knowledge, like you're it's packed, packed with knowledge. It's almost to a point where, like, you have to go back several times, like, what really? Like, your counties, uh, video you just released a few days ago. I had no idea that there were counties that were separated and there were oh, yeah, like something as simple as that. Yeah, yeah, I, I mean, I,
1: yeah, just weird things I just keep track of for just it's <laughs> in my head, just uh. I have so many ideas for videos. I think I have a, my spreadsheets, probably over a hundred topics. Um, of, I'll never get to most of them I, doing one a week, but
0: I uh, do make a video, a- come
1: up with two new ideas and then,
0: uh, but yeah. I'm over a thousand at this point. I, I can feel the there. there's just too much. And well, then, then it gets mad. Cause like years ago, I was like really excited to make a video about why nobody lived in Wyoming. And this was like 2014 or something. And I was like, you know, that video would do really well. And then i forgot about it and then like last year i was like oh i'm finally gonna do this and then all of a sudden like 20 videos came out all saying why nobody lives in wyoming and Uh, all 20 of them did well so like it's with the same thumbnail (laughs) yeah i bet you and i bet a lot of your ideas same thing right like you see like oh yeah a lot of those channels
1: kind of look they're not really (laughs) channels that are people that are into geography or whatever they're doing they're kind of looking around youtube seeing this channel did really well with that video. I'm going to do one similar. And they often have really generic names like something cool or, you know, the way it was or just like oh, these really right. generic names. So, you, so they can kind of switch what they're talking about at any,
0: any moment. I do not. I I'm sorry. I'm this is getting spicy early on a little bit of gossip here. I do not like those channels. Like from here to there is one of those channels that keeps getting recon, recommended to me. And I'm sure the person is nice, but it's like, AI could, channel. Yeah. AI could create that yeah. if, if AI can create it, I'm not going to watch it. And then also, yeah, copycat channel, real life lore. So many people just straight up rip off le- real life lore. He, he started, uh, he figured out a formula that works with geography yeah. videos. He
1: invented the infographic geography and then everybody's like, well, I can do that too. And, uh, it's worked for a lot of them.
0: Yeah, it really has. Uh, well, sometimes you got to do it too, I guess, you know, you got to pay the bills now doing yeah. it full time now. So, all right. Uh, Sorry. So what's your first question for me? <laughs> all right. So
1: you, you were a teacher up until a couple years ago, full time, mm-hmm. but you were also by the end of that, you were already a pretty well-known YouTuber. So you were kind of a little bit of a celebrity while being a teacher at the same time. Was there ever any kind of awkwardness or any kind of weird conflict with that?
0: You know, what's funny is that the majority of my students couldn't care less about my internet fame. Um, I would like the last two or three years that I taught, I did have at least probably one to two students per class that thought it was cool. And then we would talk YouTube stuff because they were deep into that world, you know? But it's amazing how many um, teenagers. Aren't really in, into YouTube, actually. I would just assume that they all were, but a lot of them, you know, they prefer TikTok and or um, Instagram. And if they watch longer form form uh, longer form content, it's on Netflix or something. Yeah. Uh, and so I, I guess that was something that was like, oh, I just assumed, but actually, at the same time, yeah, it, YouTube continues to grow. It continues to kind of eat eat into that market share for Netflix and Hulu and. Amazon Prime, all the other stuff. So, like, maybe if I was teaching now, like, I went back to a classroom just last week for, on Election Day to to be a guest speaker for talk about ranked choice voting, <laughs> and uh, you know, half the kids were aware of me. So, so maybe it would be different now, I guess, because like my channel wasn't that big when I left teaching. It was probably, oh gosh, I probably had about a half half a million subscribers, but really, it's about the views. People, yeah, yeah. people fixate so much on the subscribers. It's like yeah, exactly, yeah, yeah. Like you and I, it's good, but we have ever evergreen content because you know we, we make we can make a video and then in ten years it could still be getting views. Yeah, and I have, I have a few that are outdated, but not many. I was gonna say the, the information usually holds up pretty well. Um, so that's really, I think, kind of the uh, the advantage of doing educational content a lot of times, and like. Cause people are just like, they always like, well, when can I do it full time? And I, those views have to be consistent. Like you at least have to have a handful of videos that will consistently get views for the next several years. Like you can't be chasing trends. Yeah, <laughs> I have two on the back burner that like keep the channel going essentially.
1: <laughs> like, <laughs> really? Like two multi-million videos that just do, I mean, that's a good chunk of the view, the views. Which ones are they? Uh, they're, one is 16 oddities of the U S and one is the emptiest parts of the U S. Um, oh, yeah, those, those came out back to back right, right about 2019. Those are the ones that kind of had the channel
0: take off. Mm-hmm. Jerry Ford's here. Thank you, Jerry. What if Reagan chose Ford as a running mate in 1980? <laughs> I don't know if Kyle has an, an opinion on this. You don't have to get share if you have no idea, but I would say, Um, I would say that the outcome would have been, uh, the same. I think Ford had a lot of similarities to George HW Bush. And so, yeah, um, Ford, I don't think was, um, particularly unlikable. He just happened to, um, make a few more mistakes than Carter did. I think in 1976, (laughs) any opinion on that?
1: I, you know, I don't know enough about, uh, Specifics of Ford, but yeah, from what I understand, for nineteen eighty, Reagan could have picked anybody and would have won. Yes,
0: uh, pretty much. Yeah. Are we are we about the same age? I, I wonder if we are. I'm forty six. Okay, I'm you 40 younger than I am. Forty two. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, what was the first election that you remember, like as a kid? Was it eighty four or? I
1: don't remember 84 as terms of like being invested. I remember 88 more just from spoofs like Saturday Night Live and 88, <laughs> making fun of George Bush and uh, Dana Carvey playing, yeah, yeah. Um, but I, I, I was never really into you know, I, I vote, but I've never really been gung ho about things. I've almost like vote like yeah oh god i gotta i gotta
0: mark something (laughs) i remember that video you released where you ranted about politics because you were getting frustrated that people were um always making it political like just basic geography facts and people were trying Uh, to yeah that's frustrating uh all right cool so moving along to our second question it's gonna take it up a notch here um what is your ideal place to live i know it's different for everyone but
1: specifically or in general
0: uh both yeah why not both
1: (laughs) um i mean for me a a, almost the main thing would be mild winters that's my that's my kryptonite is i i can't do cold i need to be outside a lot so like today i was just on a before here i was on a hike for a few miles I just need to be able to do that every day. So if it gets really cold, I'd have a hard time with that. I mean, I could snowshoe hike, I suppose. But um, so I like the Western U.S. in general because I like dry climates and I like a lot of geology, a lot of mountains and wilderness. And because I like uh, mild winters, I like the Southwest. And so New Mexico is I've mentioned it many times on my channel that I like New Mexico for the kind of the weird aspects of the culture. It's just very multi-ethnic in a way that nowhere else in the u.s is and
0: uh dang you already answered one of my other questions oh sorry why is your favorite state new mexico <laughs> oh well I'll, I think can, of a, I'll think of another one don't worry okay well
1: yeah but yes yeah, so all of those things right there i'm ruining i'm ruining your live stream right at the beginning um
0: <laughs> no you're not
1: but uh yeah so the southwest in general i mean also like southern utah just that i love mm. being able to go a short distance and be very far from society. Not that I'm a misanthrope, I love being in a city, but I need that wilderness nearby. And also a real small thing, it's a big thing for me, but the night sky, I love to be able to see pitch black night sky and a bunch of stars. So that's kind of a Western thing as well. So um, in general, the Southwest specifically, I like Santa Fe, but it's really expensive. Um, It's one of those places like a lot of other places. If it's nice, it's gotten really expensive. Um, but I like some of the smaller towns in New Mexico as well. Um, I also like in, in in California where I'm from, I like the part of the coast between the Bay Area and L.A. So Monterey, San Luis Obispo, oh, Santa yeah. Barbara, um, that kind of central coast area. And for the southeast, I like Charleston, South Carolina, and just kind of South Carolina in general is my favorite uh, southern state.
0: But you're in Tennessee which yeah. has some of those characteristics, many of those. It does, yeah, yeah. No beach. I like the beach too. If I could be super picky, I want everything.
1: But if I, <laughs> that's the. Uh, we don't have the ocean here, but um, yeah, it's it's nice here for outdoor. Cause I was able to just drive a few miles and be able to walk several miles in a wooded setting. Just even though I'm, it was downtown Chattanooga.
0: Yeah, and you're really not too far from the beach. It's like a day's drive. You could drive to the beach in a day. Oh, yeah.
1: I mean, a lot of people drive from here to the Florida panhandle, the Gulf Coast. Um, yeah. they call it the Redneck Riviera. Um, <laughs> the same distance as Savannah and Charleston, which I think, is nicer with the sea islands and a uh, little bit. I don't know, it's a little more our speed to go those kind of beaches as opposed to the, you know, keg stands and funnels on the, you know. College kids, yeah, those kind of party beaches. Were, those days are those days were fun, but they're
0: gone. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of college kids, my ideal to answer the question myself is my ideal place to live is a college town. Uh, I actually came up with a list of ideal places to live way back when I wasn't sleeping at all because my um, oldest daughter was just born and. She she wasn't sleeping, and so I was like, "All right, I'm going to do this." While well, I literally remember at 2 a.m. in the morning, and I was looking at different data points, like different, um, you know, like weird things that geared towards my tastes. Like I like to have a lot of coffee shops in my where I live. I like to have uh, lots of bike trails and stuff like that. But the thing about College Town, like, there's been several videos about this recently, but it's the big city amenities mixed with the small town charm as they say. So you got, um, you have a lot of the mixed development as well, a lot of new urbanists will like, where you have, um, you know, compact parts of the city where you don't have to travel that far to get to to a lot. And I happen to live in a college town. Um, Actually, shout out to there's actually a big football game going on that I totally, we didn't know it was going to be scheduled at the same time of this live stream. So, um, I'll be checking the KU, K state, Kansas oh. state game, uh, score here momentarily, but anyway, yeah. So we love it here. Um, and Lawrence, Kansas and you know, the thing I, d- I wish we had a lot of the stuff you mentioned, um, the great outdoors, obviously, like I wish we were closer to mountains. It sucks that we have to drive all the way to Colorado, <laughs> You know, like that's a eight hour drive yeah. for the nearest mountains. And we have the Ozarks, which are little mountains, that's three to four hour drive, but it's still yeah. you know. Um and then yeah, that what you mentioned with the light pollution, that's a that's a big problem these days, like not being able to see the night sky anymore. Yeah, I,
1: that's a small thing, but I think it's important. I don't know. I just when you camp in the west and you just you're just open air camping because there's no mosquitoes, and it's just it's just a whole different look when it's just pitch black and you see millions of stars or if it's a full moon, you may have to actually have sunglasses on to be sleeping outside at
0: night because it's just so bright. (laughs) Yeah, that's crazy. And also one of the other stuff that was on my list that I, you know, like we don't think enough about air pollution, um, noise pollution, water pollution. Like we just assume that every city in the United States is the same in terms of quality. It's not, (laughs) Like, there are some cities where, like, I mean, obviously, Flint, Michigan got a lot of attention Whoa, years yeah. ago. There's other cities in Michigan that are worse than Flint. And in Jackson, still, Mississippi. Oh, yeah, Mississippi. Uh, I mean, just like, uh, but also Minnesota. Um, I has some of the best water in the country and the best air quality. And, like, although the winters, you know, you, you wouldn't do well with the no, winter. No. But, but I mean, stuff like that I think is uh, not brought up enough. Because um, we just assume, like, sometimes the grass really is greener on the other side. When I say that, though, what I mean is the air really is cleaner yeah. on the other side. <laughs> the water is. But, so, you know. I was thinking, just, I was talking to my wife the other day how,
1: you know, people talk about how cities are loud and suburbs are quieter and exurbs are quieter. We're kind of in an exurban setting, but from. M- april to december any time of the day sun up to sun down there's somebody either running a lawn mower or a leaf blower you can always yeah. hear so it's it's not the peace and quiet even though we're kind of in the exurbs because right now it's leaf blowers so first thing in the morning somebody will wake up start blowing leaves and then once they're done somebody else has started so um, ah. i kind of want the quiet of the <laughs> you know the the woods but then it's still just almost
0: loud as cities anyway uh, yeah yeah a lot, a lot of things to consider. And that's why the best city to live in in the United States of America is Charlottesville, Virginia. We'll leave it at that. Um, that's my, that <laughs> according to the but that's just my personal taste. So, like, you know. All right. <laughs> All right. What's uh your second question? Oh, somebody give us the update of the score. Uh, oh, K State's up 7 0. Dang it. I'm rooting for Kansas. Sorry. Okay.
1: All right. Well, well, a good segue about Kansas. I when my channel was just about road tripping, I did a video 10 most boring states to road trip through, and number one was Kansas. Yep. And so <laughs> you know, and so basically, you know, sell me Kansas as a place to visit. Like if you're gonna be say, a a couple visiting from overseas for the summer, they want one or two of those days to be in Kansas to see as much of the US as possible. What do you what do you have them do?
0: Well, I, I used to give my parents crap. I was like, "Why did you or our ancestors move to such a boring state?" And, you know, obviously it was agriculture is what brought my ancestors here, but uh my dad is a, he's I always kind of borrow from what he says. He's like, "It's one of the few places in the in the world where you get a big sky, wide open spaces. Um we don't have a lot of trees here, especially western Kansas. Eastern Kansas yeah. kind of is basically like Missouri, but uh, that there's something about a big sky, especially at night, or just um, you know, you go to a place like the Flint Hills or the Smoky Hills in Kansas, where you truly get to feel of that because the like the Flint Hills is it looks exactly like Kansas did a thousand years ago in that same spot, and yeah. it was never developed because the, the cattle ranchers came in and prevented the farmers from um, towing. You know, uh, plowing the fields basically, and so the farmers went further west, skipped over the Flint Hills, which is just kind of south um, or kind of um, eastern Kansas a bit, but not to all the way east. Anyway, and so yeah, as far as natural beauty, that's what I would say. There's obviously also history here that many historians say that the Civil War truly began in Kansas, specifically the city where I live, Lawrence. Um, yeah, which was burned down to the ground twice. Yeah, and uh, you know, a lot of shenanigans
1: in northeastern Kansas in the 1860s and 1850s.
0: Yeah, you had the Free Staters and the, uh, also known as the Jayhawkers, which is where the University of Kansas gets its mascot name from, uh, who were wanting Kansas to be a free state, and then you had the pro-slavery Bushwhackers from Missouri who were voting illegally in elections in the 1850s to make Kansas a slave state, and so. It did lead to violence. That's why they call it Bleeding Kansas. Um, John Brown was part of that. He murdered people. And then he was a fugitive for many years before finally getting caught at Harper's Ferry. Um, but I mean, you know, like Kansas also has a lot of proud history in terms of the cattle towns, the cow towns is what we call them. Wichita was a cow town, Dodge city, Acheson, uh, Abilene, the, uh, or mainly Abilene. I should I mix up Atchison and Abilene, but uh i don't know there's a lot of people that don't get into that though so i don't know how hard of a sell that would be but it's hard i mean like it depends on what people's interests are but you'll find some random thing i'm sure that people will like like uh the world's largest ball of twine or something i don't know which is here (laughs) yeah the drive
1: across western kansas um i was on it wasn't i-70 it wasn't us-50 it was a state highway i think it was i want to say 96 for i think it's the number i'm thinking of but okay um, but either either way it went through scott city some really almost like ghost towns in the western part of the state so i just thought it was it's it's a pretty boring drive but it is for you know for a little bit it's you know very interesting but after
0: four or five hours of it it's a little monotonous yeah no, it's <laughs> that drive from Kansas city to De- to Denver can be really monotonous. It's, it's rough. <laughs> Actually for a while I'd stayed away from
1: Kansas because I think it was back in the early 2010s. There was a thing with the Kansas state troopers or highway patrol, whatever it was just pulling people over with out of state plates. And uh, it was getting pretty bad. So I was like, I'm not even going to go through there. There's pulling people over for we going like a mile an hour over and it turned out it was one guy it was one cop that was just sitting out there every like in far western kansas pulling people over just so. I wonder if
0: it was the same guy that was pulling people over from coming from colorado with marijuana because am it's a people in colorado the
1: same guy he he got <laughs> busted for something else and it turned out he was the guy just giving a bunch of
0: ridiculous tickets on i70 jeez um uh, Oh, I wanted to show you before we move on to our third question, I just want to sh- show you this for fun. I came across this when I just searched Geography King and Mr. Beat to see what was already out there. And uh, I came across this gem. So I'm going to pull it up for you here <laughs>
1: with another installment of examining interesting maps to take a look at some interesting depictions of geography. Really, really bad and so ridiculous. You know, almost like war zone type activities going on.
0: Somebody made So, so uh, <laughs> should we recreate them or like go with our existing? You know. So basically, I'll mute it here. They basically um, created uh, me fighters. This is for like Smash Brothers or something. Yeah. Look at that! I got a little dress on. And they had us fight. I'll skip ahead. You can see us fighting. Somebody did this two years ago. <laughs> and they turned it into an 18 and a half minute video. So there wow. you are with the hat. I have the sword. I do have a cowboy hat. <laughs> I do I have don't... a me.
1: looks nothing like that, though. Oh, you do? Yeah, I, I Nintendo is what I normally play. Although I don't do. play Smash
0: Brothers, though. I am. I used to be a gamer when I was a much younger man, but uh, no, I uh, did not see this coming. So anyway, it's. I'll put the link in the description. Uh, this are thing. the things you'll find. I mean, because
1: <laughs> I mean, I appreciate you showing. This is pretty wild, but just <laughs> people got time on their hands.
0: I don't remember who won. I'll leave it on a cliffhanger. There we go. I don't
1: think either one of them are very good based on looking at the, their playing <laughs> ability. I didn't, it
0: don't. They don't look like they were ready for tournaments. All right. Uh, Is it my turn? I think? Yes. I got to come up with a different question since that one question was already. So uh, let's see on the, on the spot, let's say um, I, so you're, you're into gaming. Like what's your, like, uh, are you into sports and music or what's your thing? Uh, Music for sure. Um, That's my second. Oh,
1: passion um sports i the older i get the less and less sports i'm interested in so that helps like i was into everything and every few years one drops off and i'm just um i kind of got to the point with sport i just don't have time to watch the games it takes so long
0: yeah yep that's uh me same although i still am a big football fan but uh but no music is my big passion you know i have my president songs and my band and all that. So you do you play uh, any instruments or uh, I I used to play in a band, um, but it's been years.
1: Um, so I have a little bit of music. Slight ability, but more of
0: a fan of, of music as opposed to a musician. All right. So you, uh, favorite. What's your favorite artist uh, band? John. Uh, uh,
1: genre? I mean- my favorite artists would be, or Blue Oyster Cult and Steely Dan, which is always a little surprising because I have thousands of albums, probably 2,500 gigs of music, and I say Blue Oyster Cult, and I'm like, really? What's wrong with you? <laughs> I like uh indie rock in general, like weird stuff. I like the Pixies, um, Faith No More, Mr. Bungle, so a lot of kind of weird stuff like that, um, but also blues. I, when I was younger, I was in the high school jazz band, and – Offshoot of some of the players in the band Formed a blues band that we would play At bars and things as like kids You know um, playing at Speakeasies and stuff like that but yeah I've just (laughs) lots of different genres Punk I'm into um, Psychedelic stuff I like King Gizzard Lizard Wizard um, Krungbin some stuff like that
0: Do you know that King Gizzard And the Lizard Wizard has a Song called Mr. Beat Really? Yeah I I didn't know I didn't know who they were. Like, uh, yeah, I'm. I'm I have that.
1: about 10 mm-hmm. of their albums, and that's they have like 50. They come out with four
0: a year. It's crazy how many they have. Yeah, it's a. Uh, I think it's. Yeah, that's crazy that you haven't come across that song. Um, It has 218,000 views. Here, I'll share the screen again.
1: Yeah, I don't know that one. It's either an old one or it's. Some of their albums, I'm not sure, I'm not a big fan
0: of. They're from Australia, right? Yeah. Uh, it's weird to see the. once I missed a beat, only missed a beat. Mr. Beast. Yeah, this is, a, this is the song. I don't know if they have a music video. This is just the actual song. But 218,000 views six years ago. Um, oh, here they are performing it. Wait, what's this? What the heck is this? I'm, oh, okay. I think somebody sent me this before. They, yeah, it's just weird that they had a song like that. And I, uh, um, I love indie rock as well. I'm, I was, you know, I worked for my college radio station and kind of never stopped being pretentious when it came to music. And uh, <laughs> I have another channel too, if, in case you want to check out. I have, I have a video about uh, the Pixies. On it's, it's called "The Beat Goes On." My other channel. Um, so you might be interested in that. These are some of my other videos. I have videos on uh, the Ramones, the Clash, I just released uh, last month, Radiohead, Nirvana. Yeah, that's my other, yeah, I like a lot of stuff like that as well. The thing is, you probably already know about all that stuff. Oh, that's a uh, time to eat dinner, How many? but you're on, hey, you're on. Um, okay, I don't think they realize that anyway. Uh, <laughs> so. <laughs> I'm not eating dinner tonight. Okay. Uh, What's your third question for me? (laughs) Um, Well, I'll keep... I got
1: one about music, so I might as well kind of go with segues here. Um, Nice. So you you play, right? You're a guitarist? Yes. Yes. All right. So where is the question I had about... Oh. um, Yeah. Yeah, so... You're into indie rock and rock, but who Who is somebody that people would be surprised to hear you're into, but also who is somebody that is really popular that you just can't stand?
0: <laughs> uh, let me sing you the answer no, um, so uh, I that's a great question. I would say, I'm re- really, really into um this band from Uh, I I think they're from Oklahoma. Um, they're, uh, oh gosh, I'm of course I'm put on the spot now. I'm, uh, forgetting the name of the band because it's like, uh, hold on, give me two seconds. Can look up my, they're called husbands. Um, and I, I don't think anyone I know knows who they are, but I listen to them all the time. And, uh, I really am tempted. They don't play much around where I live, but I'm tempted to drive down to Oklahoma to watch them. There, there's a few bands like that. Um, and I think it's kind of cool. Like, you know, because then when you do go to a show, you're just like, yeah, we're in our special, it's like a special secret club. And then you get yeah. mad when they get too big, you know, they're like, oh, playing larger venues, have to pay, yeah. to pay more for tickets and all this. Uh, I don't even go to big shows much anymore. Um, we're going to Alt J coming up, but. The only reason why we're going is that's Mrs. Beat's favorite band. So, or one of her favorite bands. And, um, but they're, you know, they're even too big. Usually, like I go to the local show that's like 10 bucks and a dive bar, you know. Um, and then of course, I used to play shows a lot. So I kind of got burnt out for a while. But I, when I was younger, I went to a lot of shows and I was really into like trying to be the coolest person, try to find the most obscure band um, to tell my friends about Um, as far as like who's overrated popular artist. um, uh, Most of them, (laughs) I think even like technically the Beatles are overrated. Uh, You know, uh, but if you want to like say, I mean, I obviously am biased against mainstream artists, um, but I'm really proud of myself with Kanye West because I used to like, I hated Kanye West because of his ego Because he will always just brag about himself, and then one day I just like listened to his music, like more than just you know what I hear would hear on the radio. And he really is good; has good music. And I know he has mental illness, and he said some racist, horrible things. But uh, it's the same thing. Like I'm, I'm releasing a video about Michael Jackson tomorrow. Actually, check it out on my other channel. The week goes on, Uh, and Michael Jackson obviously had some personal issues and was very controversial, but. You know, if you separate the music, I mean, you just there's may, maybe there's something to it. Like the weirder the person is, the better music they make. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, one of my favorites is Mike Patton,
1: who's the singer for Faith No More, Mr. Bungle. Faith He's and just a weird guy. So that's one of the reasons why they're some of my favorite bands.
0: Who was the the singer that died? Faith no more. The first, no, he didn't die. He left the band. That's his what name was, was.
1: Chuck Mosley. He, they were kind of a rap rockish, more like uh Yeah, they 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 were okay. The music, the band was always good, but the lead singer was not good. But when they got Mike Patton, is when they got, in my opinion, a lot better. Oh, he could sing. Yeah, that's when they. But he had, he was had weird stage fright for a while, so they wouldn't really tour much. He just would have panic attacks, so they did they hardly toured, but he they're touring again the past 10 years or so, but um, yeah, weird lyrics, pixies, you know, weird lyrics. And that's kind of like with Steely Dan and Bloister Cold, they're weird lyrics. And I just kind of like cryptic weird stuff. I don't know.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Cat Power. um, I don't know if you've heard of Cat Power, but she was same thing. She had, she still has really big stage fright. And so oftentimes she'll play with her back to the audience and it seems like she's, you know, obviously it's the opposite of the charisma you need to like connect with your audience, yeah. your fans. Um, but that's just uh, something she does to kind of deal with her stage fright. Uh, all right. Uh, we are on to our fourth question. Thanks everyone for being here. If you're just joining us, this is the geography King, the guy who went out to GeoGuessr game and he destroyed all of us. <laughs> I remember that very well. You, you kicked our butts. Um, knows geography so segue what is your favorite geography fact oh um or facts uh plural uh
1: wow i don't know um i just something i can think of really quickly is crater lake in oregon is not a very big lake in terms of its surface area it's not even one of the hundred largest lakes in the U S but it's the second or third deepest lake in the world. So it has this incredibly small surface area with the super deep. So it's, uh, it has by far the highest depth to surface area ratio in the world of any lake. I just think it's so amazing to see a lake. That's not that big. Um, just be as deep as it is. And also in California, how you have Mount Whitney and, uh, Death Valley so close to each other, the highest and lowest point in the contiguous U.S. to be, you know, less than 100 miles apart from each other is the crow flies. I think it's pretty interesting.
0: Yeah, California really is a sample of the entire country in so many ways. It has everything that the, the whole country has. Yeah it's, yeah, it's got a, the topography keeps things separated a little bit
1: from climate and, uh, you know, cultural type thing. So it's, yeah, it's such
0: a big state. There's a little bit of everything yeah like going to the central valley it's like going to kansas i had a my cousin lived in fresno and that's uh, near where i'm
1: from and uh, i'm sure as you know a lot of the people that emigrated there in the 1930s were people from the dust bowl region so grapes of wrath that's how my ancestors got to visalia was they came you know grapes of wrath style straight across from um oklahoma like the panhandle area to central valley And that's, there was hardly any people in the Valley at that time. It wasn't there. You don't see any of the Santa Rosa, Santa Barbara, you know, all the Spanish colonial towns are not in the San Joaquin Valley. And it was indigenous Mm -hmm. people. And then the Dust Bowl people, that was about it. But yeah, that's why it has a definitely have a, has a Midwestern great Plains feel to it. And even with accents um, up until fairly recently, older people there would have Southern accents kind of like Oklahoma and then my mom was growing up there. They would call the, you know, the redneck kids, the Oakies, you know, they were, you know, Oh, these are Okie yep. kids or Okie oh, yeah. or the city and something.
0: But anyway, that's not even on the question. <laughs> no, I like it. I love it. Keep sharing facts randomly throughout the rest of the stream. <laughs> but yeah. Um,
1: but yeah, I, I, as far as facts, I, I just, I can't think of any one specific one, but I, I do love one thing that's fun to say. I've said it on my channel a couple of times is there's a town in South Carolina called due West and another town called North. And so the town of North is about an hour and a half Southeast. So you, you can say, you know, the town of due North is an hour and a half Southeast of no. How do you say it? North South Carolina is a half an hour Southeast of due South, you know, it, it's just, <laughs>
0: That's amazing, but yeah, it's um, yeah, I don't know. That's amazing. You got to make a short out of that. Yeah, you will get, get a million views. Um, that's just like there's a, a New York, Texas, and there's a Texas New York. You ever go to depths or follow de- depths of Wikipedia? Uh, are you not on Twitter? You're no, no. Good for you, by the way. Uh, yeah, no the. <laughs> That's one of my favorite follows is Depths of Wikipedia. And that's how I found that out. There's a New York, Texas, and a Texas, New York. Yeah. All right. Uh, so my turn. Um, no, it's your turn. Oh, yes, yeah. It's your turn. Um,
1: <laughs> all right. So one of the things I like to talk about in videos and signature foods and Yep. Um, you know, Kansas City is known for its barbecue. i do not know if you're, if you're a barbecue person, if you're if you're a meat eater or not. But uh, how would you how would you put Kansas City barbecue up against Texas and the southeast?
0: Well, we just came from Dallas and I was like, man, it's really good down here. We went to a couple different spots in Dallas. And so I know I'm biased, obviously, for Kansas City, but I, maybe Texas is a little bit better if I'm ignoring my bias. Um, but yeah, Kansas city is, I mean, like we were also in Nashville, uh, recently last spring and, uh, barbecue is way, but be- Oh, in Memphis as well. The barbecue is way better in Kansas city compared to t- Tennessee. No, no offense to your, no, your absolutely. <laughs> yeah. There's just something about it. Maybe it's like closer to the source out here. And then, but then also like, it's a, it's quite a science, like the way that they, they make it is similar to, I always say, um, brewing beer or growing wine grapes like there's so many variables that goes into it people don't recognize that oh there's a lot of things that can go wrong but a lot of things that can go right that make and especially like if you have like kind of a palate that's a little bit more advanced you notice those subtle differences the way they smoke the meat the um the subtle differences in how they flavor the meat um my favorite place in kc is uh, Joe's used to be Oklahoma Joe's. Um, that's the place that used to be the original location had a gap was a gas station.
1: And okay.
0: uh, it's still the same building there. Actually, I think there still is a gas station, but uh, you see like always just a constant line of people like waiting to get in and it's always worth it. I mean, you'll wait in line for 30 minutes, but uh, when you finally get to the front, you're like, yeah, I- I'll do it again. I'll wait this long again. <laughs> Have you been? Yeah. Have you ate, had Kansas City barbecue before? Yeah, every time I pass through there, I, I'll try to stop there. Um,
1: I I don't remember the last place I ate. It was kind of a divey place. It was really good, uh, but I've also eaten at the you know the more well-known places um, like the Gates. I think that's good too.
0: Yeah, um, Gates is great. But um, yeah,
1: I mean Tennessee though is the I call it the black hole of barbecue in the South. Other than Memphis, it's the worst Southern state for barbecue. It's kind of Um, really a lot of
0: people say that they hype it up for some
1: reason well memphis is tennessee so they might say tennessee barbecue but they're meaning probably memphis because once you get nashville east you don't really get that real it's more fried chicken i mean i first moved here fried chicken was a much bigger thing and and but when you get to georgia the carolinas alabama mississippi all the other southern states is barbecue pork barbecue and yeah nashville is known for its hot chicken Chattanooga yep. is known for its champies, fried chicken and that kind of stuff. But for whatever reason, we don't have a... There's one good place in town here, really good place, but he's a guy from Texas. He does Texas-style barbecue. <laughs> so it's, he's, it's here, but it's not really Tennessee-style barbecue.
0: Yeah, Texas for the win with barbecue. But uh, just in general, though, the South easily is superior to any other part of the country in terms of food, in my opinion. I mean, there's a reason why they call it comfort food, in uh, parts of the South. Like it's just, it, yeah. I mean, um, and then I guess maybe there's an exception. Like I, I like seafood and so we don't get good seafood in Kansas. I so yeah, I'd imagine whenever I go to new England, I always have to get some seafood, usually get a crab roll and, or a lobster roll. I mean, uh, just anything really that's fresh. It's fresh. So yeah, yeah. I I fell in love with shrimp
1: and grits when I moved to South Carolina. It sounds gross. I was like shrimp and the grits. That sounds pretty stupid, but yeah, I like that a lot. I've never actually had that. I have to try it. <laughs> yeah, it's really good. I make it here at home every now and then. Wow. Do you cook a lot? I'm yeah. I'm the main cook in the house, um, so we, I I do most the most the chefing. <laughs> we hate cooking,
0: both both uh, Mrs. <laughs> B and I. <laughs> Yeah, right. just my wife and I, so it's a little easier for, for two. Yeah, that does make a little difference. <laughs> okay, let's see if I can get a good transition here. Um, all right. Some of these questions are a bit heavier. It's been pretty lighthearted so far. That's all right. I can take it. Uh, which state has underperformed attracting growth, in your opinion, and which state has overperformed attracting growth in your opinion? Like, in other words, let me word it a little differently. Like, states that um, you can think of that, like, man, they're really great places, but for some reason they just can't attract people to move there. And then on the flip side, states are like, why would anybody live there, but people are moving there? You know what I mean? I think for the first, I would say it's actually, I would say it's New Mexico. It's my
1: favorite state, but I think that's, it's never been a state that's really, it's, it, they've never been to Texas. Like, please come here. We want your companies. It was always been more, eh, whatever, <laughs> leave us alone type of thing. But it's a very poor state. It's the West Virginia of the West. So I mm-hmm. think it's very underperforming. I think people would want to live there from a climate perspective. People like Arizona, people like Texas, uh, people would like California if it was cheaper. Um, yeah. But I think people like that, that the Southern sunbelt aspects, but there's never been any good, big draw other than stuff with astrophysics and aerospace that's really limited that's really good jobs but it's also a small number of people doing it so i think uh new mexico has been bad i think mississippi also it's it's just it's always struggled it's never not struggled from statehood so um I mean, it has the same low cost of living as other southern states has some of the same regulation type things that companies want, but they don't want Mississippi. Um, I don't know if it's they don't have incentives to bring companies over, but for whatever it is, they've never done it. Alabama has a lot of stuff there. Tennessee has a lot. Arkansas has got some stuff coming in there. Louisiana has all the energy and ports. Mississippi is just kind of there, so um it's sad i don't know yeah it's uh i don't yeah i it just doesn't get any but it's kind of like west virginia it doesn't really get any better but at least there it's pretty i mean but um from the other end um you know in terms of, I don't think anybody can overperform so much. I I don't think Texas has overperformed. I think they've done a good job, but I think too much of it is in a, just a few spots. It's a huge state. And like, for example, Elon Musk opened up the Cybertruck factory in Austin. I mean, right. the last thing Austin needed was an automotive assembly plant after all the high tech stuff. and But El Paso could have loved it automotive assembly plant you still have the same laws same regulations same taxes but so i think texas has not overdone it but i think austin and dallas and individual spots within texas has got too much if you live in austin i'm sure you would agree like why do we need an automotive assembly plant now on top of all this other stuff um so but i think the one for me that is it's not so much a head scratcher i know why but Idaho's growth is always little kind of um, people <laughs> tend to move there because of politics. That's the main reason people are moving to Idaho. So it's not really from neighboring, job. neighboring Oregon and Washington. You mean, I think people from all over the country are moving to Idaho for it's California. the most guaranteed Conservative state, I think. I don't know. I th- that's that's a big draw. I know people that want to move to Idaho, but that's the only reason they want to move there because it's expensive. It's high tax as well, so people aren't moving to Idaho to escape cost of living. So if you move from California to Idaho, your taxes probably went up because Idaho has a six point three percent flat state income tax, and California's I, that's ironic.
0: Expensive. I'm sorry, I got to say that. Like, yeah, if you're especially a Republican, you generally should like lower taxes. So that's counterintuitive. <laughs> yeah, Idaho is that
1: I think that's why people are moving there but not companies. It's kind of a it's a high tax state for companies. Oh. Um, you know, cuz Texas, Nevada, other states are, you know, Tennessee, North Carolina are low for um companies, but they might be relatively high tax for people. Um so but I don't think Idaho's trying to bring in companies. I think I think they're happy just bringing in people. Maybe bringing in too many people, but um that's one right the growth doesn't seem to match economic growth like it doesn't seem to be equal to companies moving there it's just people but and the state is kind of a big suburb you know there's some pretty cool spots in some of these small mountain towns but it's basically one giant suburb in most of idaho now
0: yeah we really liked uh what was it twin falls i think uh most of idaho was a little bit disappointing there's a uh polka port porta to what's it Pocatello? Pocatello.
1: yeah Pocatello, that's where university is
0: yeah we love Pocatello. we stayed there one night and I said like, this is a beautiful place this is heaven on earth but then like we weren't that impressed with boise boise was like man what what's the hype about this place i mean i guess the weather there is a little bit more mild than um further east but i i don't know <laughs> i haven't been there in a while
1: we we did like it when we were there before huge growth but we were younger and surprisingly enough it was a fun main street lot we did some serious bar really? hopping and we're like wasn't where you would expect to see that i mean there is a big university there but the main street boise isn't where the university is it was just you know regular people hanging out i was like wow this
0: is surprising for idaho we didn't you know. go downtown we should have yeah, so I'll give I'll give Boise another. But chance. it's grown
1: it's grown so much in ten years. I think it's literally the fastest growing metro in the U.S. So it's yes, I mean, in just ten years, it's almost not quite double, but one and two thirds the size as it was. So it's it's going to be a million probably by the twenty thirty census.
0: Yeah, it is. Um, I've always so I agree with you about Mississippi, like how there's just su- such a lost potential. They it's like they, they're not trying. Yeah. Like, I mean, you look at neighboring states, I mean, Alabama, although it, I'll admit that Alabama, I actually made a video comparing Alabama and Mississippi. And I found out researching that over the decades, Alabama has got more federal funding than Mississippi, um, for like, you know, especially NASA related. So, so did Texas. And so Mississippi, Mississippi kind of got looked over. They didn't seize that opportunity, but You know, that's just one example. Overall, I mean you got the same climate. You have the coast there, you you got um the I mean, Memphis is nearby up in the north, and then beautiful beaches for the most part in the south. But mild winters like it's a sunbelt state it's a just like new mexico both though i mean all the sunbelt states should be doing well
1: it doesn't attract attract retirees like you would think um yeah it's it's cheap but i mean wages are low but it's still pretty cheap but yeah i mean it's just i don't think they try as much i think alabama is more out out trying to get companies to come there they've got a lot of a lot of manufacturing is coming Into Alabama and South Carolina, Tennessee; those three states. But Mississippi just kind of, eh. We'll just sit here
0: do nothing. I don't know that Louisiana. Louisiana and Mississippi are just disappointing. Like they, I mean, I think Louisiana for so long was just relying on New Orleans and on carrying the rest of the state, and that hasn't proved to be. Especially since Katrina, I don't think they ever fully recovered after Katrina. Um, And then on the flip side, I always say like it's really impressive what uh, the upper Midwestern states used to be able to do attracting businesses and people to live there like Minnesota, Wisconsin, Michigan, in particular, I saw my friend, Will, in the chat who's from Michigan. Um, You know, you got really horrible climates for like half the year, horrible winters. Um, But you know what, I guess like someone like, Henry Ford in Michigan, like the entire auto industry, that could have been anywhere, but they chose it to be Michigan. And then Minnesota has done so many things right politically that I think a lot of other states haven't done to attract not only businesses, but residents. And because it, you know, it really isn't, I don't know, I'm just surprised you look at the population of Minnesota and then you compare it to North Dakota, South Dakota, and you're just like... Yeah. Like Minnesota, how is this? Like, it's like there's nobody in South Dakota, North Dakota. <laughs> yeah. What is the population in Minnesota? I can't think at the top of my head. About five and a half million. million. Yeah. It's mostly the Twin Cities.
1: Yeah. It's, it's about five and a half million. And I think about three and a half are in the Twin Cities. So that, I mean, it's two million in the rest of the state, whereas South Dakota is only 900,000. North Dakota is only 800,000. So it's, It's not many people in rural Minnesota, but it's more than the
0: Dakotas. So both of the Dakotas um, combined have less than, well less than half the population in Minnesota. Yeah. Um, And I know obviously there's natural resources comes to play too, but one of my one of my most successful videos that I ever released, surprisingly was my North Dakota, South Dakota compared videos. And I, I think the uh, a lot of that was luck for South Dakota. It's like to have the Black Hills in particular. Yeah, um, they kind of turned that into like one of the top tourist destinations in the entire country, especially after Mount Rushmore, which was you know a lot of federal government help there when that went down. Um, people don't realize. So anyway, we could go on that question forever. Is it? Uh, oh yeah, it's your turn, fifth question. <laughs> All right. Um. KU has tied it up. It's a tie game, KUK state. No one cares. No one that's cares. That's kind of
1: weird how that's not the the last game of the year. Wouldn't they want that to be the final big
0: rivalry game? You would think, but it hasn't been that way for a long time. <laughs> it's one of the last games, I don't know. I can hear I can hear like the game from my house. It's crazy. That's how close we live to the stadium.
1: All right, so I'll keep it kind of similar to what we were going on, but more with Kansas. So you know, I've, like I was saying before, I driving across Western Kansas, you see a lot of ghost towns, a lot of towns that are either there or on the verge of becoming a ghost town. Um, you've had a big issue with drought, with the Ogallala Aquifer, all kinds of issues there. Mm-hmm. Um, what do you see as the future of Kansas economy? Where, which, what will be
0: driving the economy by 2050, you think? I think it's a crisis. I think that, yeah, you mentioned the aquifer that for those who don't know, um Western Kansas and Western Nebraska, uh, a lot of the farmers out there rely heavily on the Ogallala Aquifer, which is the largest underground aquifer. They're all underground aquifer in the entire continent, I believe. Um, And it's it's running out. (laughs) There won't be water. Like some estimate that it could be dry completely within 50 years. Some say um, longer or even shorter. Um, So, there have to be some other way to get irrigation because they don't get enough rainfall. Um, there's already other methods they do to like try to like uh, work with what they have, but agriculture is not going to be um, the primary driver of the future for Kansas. A lot of people don't understand that most people that live in Kansas um, are they live in cities, you know, but like it's it's a it's highly urbanized, um, and a lot of these farms. And the, the, you mentioned the small towns. Um, there, There is a, um, this phenomenon called um, uh, brain drain is what I believe what they call it. Or the I should make a video about this. But yeah, brain drain, uh, a lot of these small towns in western Kansas, um, the kids that are raised there, um, they go off to college. And instead of moving back home, they move to bigger cities um, far away. Um, typically in Kansas, that's Wichita or Kansas City. Same thing happens uh, up north in um, Nebraska, they all go to Lincoln or Omaha. And then in Oklahoma, they all go to Tulsa or Oklahoma City. And it's the exact same thing. Small towns are dying slowly. All the small towns have a Dollar General though. Um, They used to have mom and pop shops, but those all got put out of business. And, And then a common trend in these small towns is A lot of people are on welfare because they can't find steady work. There's a lot of drug abuse. There's a lot of suicide. There's a lot of despair and it's really sad to see. Um, So I, I don't know what the solution is for this, but it's something that a lot of politicians don't bring up enough. And I get really frustrated when you see, I mean, all these voices in rural America, I feel like are not heard. Um, and there's this kind of stereotype that they're all like rednecks and bigots and all this. They're not. They're some of the nicest people ever. I taught in rural America. Um, and it it's uh it's kinda I it's something that needs to be brought to attention more. The population of Kansas is barely growing.
1: Yeah, it's um, been about the about, same for about 10 years.
0: Yeah, like the if you look at the growth, it's only been Wichita, Kansas City, basically. Um it's just, I don't, we don't have tourism. We don't have, it's the taxes actually aren't that low. We're kind of middle of the pack. So we're not really attracting a lot of big businesses. It was a big deal that Panasonic was going to build a plant near where I live. Um, and it's not really even that many jobs. (laughs) It's like, uh, and so, yeah, it's, I believe that it's not just Kansas. A lot of States, especially in, a lot of flyover states that were called they're going to be um the next 100 years are going to be rough
1: yeah because the great plain states generally aren't low tax because without the tourism without so many other things you you the people are taxed a little bit more so i think south dakota is the only midwest great Plains state that's would be a no. low tax the rest the yeah, no money. income tax yeah
0: they um, uh there are incentives across the flyover states like Free land. There are certain towns that will give you free land or a big discount on on, if you buy a house. Um, But the problem is no one wants to move to these places because there's not really you'd have to have like a a whole community transplant there because they're isolated places generally, you know. So, yeah, it's kind of sad. (laughs) Uh, Oh, thank you, uh, Sean. The meet I didn't see this one until now. Uh, the meeting of the legends. You two are great representatives of not politicizing maps and history. <laughs> Very objective men. Great job, you two. From New Jersey, have you two been to New Jersey? Um, y- yes, only briefly. Um, embarrassingly, I- I'm I'm assuming you have, right? Yes, I was uh, there
1: fairly recently. I drove up the coast, the shore.
0: Nice. Yeah, it's a it's a. Totally. I, I hope made a whole video about it. Um, it's an underrated state. It's the butt of many jokes, but I think most of those jokes started because of a conspiracy by those dang New Yorkers.
1: Yeah, southern New Jersey was a lot of a lot of woods and swampy areas, wetlands. Um, the the beaches that are on the southwest coast of New Jersey are kind of like wetland swamps, not really beaches, so it's kind of neat. Um, yeah, I, I thought it was yeah, i mean a lot more of it is not urban than you might think it's still mostly urban suburban but there's still more that's not just that
0: it's the garden state it's all it's all there are gardens garden. there. <laughs> okay um i think it's my turn so i i actually have a, a question i have two questions that are related to our what we were just talking about um but i think i'll go with this one so you know, one of the, the things I'm, I'm trying to be optimistic about, like the possibility that more and more Americans or people around the world, like, because this is not just an American problem, but um, people will move back to these small towns in, in rural America because they can work from home because uh, they just, all they need is a good internet connection. Uh, and actually, I just looked up the statistics. Currently, 13% of all Uh, American workers work from home full time, Twenty twenty eight 28% have a hybrid situation. So they, half the week they are in an office, the other half they're at home, which to me, I think hybrid is like the sweet spot, the Goldilocks, but but yeah, like, where do you see that trend going? Cause uh, you know, this really escalated during the pandemic. Some said, oh, it's going to go back to normal afterwards, but it hasn't. But where where do you see the trend kind of going from here?
1: Yeah. I, the trend didn't go the way I was expecting because people aren't moving to rural areas. They're they're leaving rural areas. They're leaving cities and everyone's going to suburbs. And so I when after pandemic, there was talks of Chattanooga being like the it city in the country because there's no state income tax and it has the fastest internet in the world, just about. So people, oh, creators can come here and, but it, it didn't happen at all. Uh, there's, I think, growth actually even slowed over the past couple of years. Really? Um, I don't. I mean, I I just wonder because it's not just about you say 13% work from home, but you you kind of have to be with somebody who also works from home. So maybe I can work from home, but my wife works at the hospital or somewhere she has to be there. So we couldn't move to wherever we wanted to unless both of us had that type of job. Mm. Um so there I mean I I don't think there's really anywhere very few spots in the US that's rural and growing. And there are plenty of rural areas that have good internet connection. You can, you know, do whatever we do, whatever people do from remotely. But I just don't think part of it, I think, is the people that do work from home, those types of jobs, maybe those people wouldn't want to be in a small town of five thousand people where there's just one cafe and you know one spot that people go to and small town gossip kind of stuff so (laughs) a lot of the tech workers are the ones that can have the opportunity to work from home they might not want to be in that kind of smaller town like that i'm not sure but there really hasn't been any growth in many rural parts of the country but
0: suburbs are all booming right now and even exurbs the one like if you're even if like say I see a lot of situations where actually I have friends that did this where they live on the very edge of a metro area. It's basically rural, but it's still close enough. Like it's within an hour still to drive to the city yeah. because one of the, like you were saying, like one of the couple still had to drive to an office. The other one could stay home and it's kind of like a balance sweet spot. because like, you're still saving money for gas for one of the per- person. Um, yeah. I don't know if you, I think working from home is the best thing ever. I actually, uh, I can't imagine going back to having to drive to work every day. day. I'm. Uh, it's just nice just being able to. And then the thing is, obviously, there are certain <laughs> jobs that you can't. Yeah. <laughs> there has to be trash collectors, uh, firefighters, police officers, uh, teachers, nurses, doctors, etc. Um doesn't have to be lawyers, though. Anyway, um, <laughs> <laughs> I happen, would just say man. like. You could still I think that number would I think I think it will continue to go up because I've noticed with younger folks, they kind of, you know, they don't like meetings. They don't understand why we kind of waste our time. A lot of times like going to a physical office when you're just as productive, if not more productive at home. Yeah. Um. And as long as the rural areas have some kind of connection to at least a city that I would say is at least 50,000 people population because I feel like that's the sweet spot too. Like I could never live in a city that was probably less than 25,000 people. I, I do not do small towns. Yeah. I grew up in a small town. And yeah. News travels fast in a small town. I hated that. Um, but, you know, also 25,000, that's like the sweet spot where you start to get certain, like, you know, you, oh, you got a Home Goods, you know, you got, you got a Starbucks. <laughs> yeah. Certain things that makes a difference, you know. If yeah, you... my main thing is a full
1: full service grocery store. That's the the, the minimum size town for a full supermarket type
0: oh, grocery man. store. I'll take an Aldi. I love Aldis. <laughs> Do they have Aldis in Tennessee? Yes, yeah. Oh, nice. Uh all right. Well, cool. Thanks for sharing your thoughts on that. Very I had another Super chat real quick. Oh, uh, thoughts on U S territories. Oh, it's it's Mala funk, Sean 808. I recognize you. Thank you for, uh, yeah, you're from Hawaii. They're from Hawaii. Share Beautiful pictures. What are your thoughts on U S territories?
1: Uh, for me, I, I'm a firm believer that Puerto Rico should be a state. It's too big to be a territory. It's, if you look around the world, all the territories in the world have six figure populations, like, or less, maybe 100,000, 200,000, maybe 30,000. And Puerto Rico is over 3 million. It's like a 50-year-old living in their parents' basement. They're, it's too big to be a territory. So, I mean, yeah. I would much rather see a state as an independent an independent country. That'll be ultimately up to them. But um, as far as the other territories go, those are, you know, I would say small enough to the point where they, you know, it'd be tough to make it on their own without uh, the military the military in the Pacific territories and U um, S tourists going to the Virgin islands without a passport that helps out a lot, but um, hmm. I would always be curious. So if Puerto Rico became a state, would people move there? Would this be somewhere that, you know, it's tropical, it's very poor, it'd be by far the poorest state, but would people that want that Florida type aspect, but maybe not Florida, because there's no, no income tax in Puerto Rico either. So, You'd have that same kind of low tax pro business type thing. You got to have plenty of companies there. Low cost so of states, I mean, could that draw people, retirees with all these Yankees go from, you know, New York and Boston to Puerto Rico as opposed to Florida.
0: So that's I, already I, happening. There's yeah. Already, I mean, a lot of them moving down there and the, the locals don't like them. by the way, as you would. Expect. I, I can imagine. Yeah. It's
1: uh, a, <laughs> but they lost a lot of people after the 2017 hurricane Maria, um, a big population decrease went from 3.5 million to about 3 million just in one year. Um,
0: Most of them went to New York. Yeah. I believe, and the traditional uh, spot where Cub- uh, not Cubans, uh, Puerto Ricans have gone to immigrate to the United States, to the mainland. Um, yeah. It's interesting. I mean, like there it's a similar situation in rural Puerto Rico that I was talking about, you know, in the, Midwest. <laughs> um, yeah, it's, that's interesting. I, I do think that more people would move there if it was a state. Um, politically people just assume that, Oh, it would be a Democrat, Democratic party leaning. I think it'd be Republican state actually. I think, it, yeah, it's a coin toss. Frankly, I, I, I could see it going either way. I mean, it's socially conservative and maybe a little bit more left leaning, uh, in terms of economically, but yeah if that's what they're worried about i mean come on like they are not getting representation they don't have a representative that can vote in congress and it's a disgrace i now some of the other territories i would say uh i know like samoa has a lot of the people there don't want to become a state and so i can, i think it should be up to the people there there, there should be a yeah. referendum they should decide
1: well samoa i mean half of samoa is an independent country the other half is a territory so that's kind of strains like that so i'm not sure if if samoa would want to join with the independent nation samoa yeah i'm not sure what the political situation is there but guam and the mariana islands are basically those are almost u.s military establishments in the pacific there's not a lot of i think there's like fifty thousand people in the marianas and very small yeah, yeah <laughs> they certainly wouldn't they couldn't make it as a state for sure they're
0: they're way too small for that well, according to our constitution, they could, well, if Wyoming can be a state dad yeah, No. <laughs> okay, it's your turn. Six All right, three. so um,
1: one thing I've been curious about for a while is, you know, Beat is your last name, but Just what did. is the ancestry of it? What is that? What is that?
0: Oh, uh, I actually had Genie Vlogger, the YouTuber, um, did a whole series um, on my ancestry, like, family tree and all that i had little knowledge of it prior to that um but he found that it was probably on like it was a. Uh, it goes back to my prussian ancestors slash uh i i, I guess they, they were they lived in the Volga area of russia beatowski um, he had to
1: drop the Ausky.
0: Yeah, so it might have been something where it was longer. They don't know for like he couldn't confirm it actually. There was not, not enough evidence. We just made the assumption, but um, yeah, like it was a definitely Eastern European um, name originally. That's what, <laughs> and there's a lot of beaties in the United States today, but not many beats. In fact, I looked it up one time and I, I think there was only one other Matt beat on the entire planet. Uh, which I I thought was kind of cool, you know, because my first name is so boring and generic. The year I was born, 1981, uh, Matthew was the most popular name in the country. I was like, Mom, Dad, you're really original with the name there. (laughs) So I've always loved my last name, but people don't believe it's my real last name. In fact, my brother and I, my brother's a drummer. Uh, We play in a band together, Electric Needle Room. Um, We would play shows and... I, there was this other band we played with and we played multiple shows with them. We, you know, became friends with them. And, uh, one night randomly I was like talking about some kind of something with our family. And he's like, wait a second, your real, your real last name is beat. And he didn't believe us. He thought it was our stage names, you know, because we're musicians and, uh, especially my brother, you know, beat. And so he literally, my brother had a, Show him our his driver's license before he believed us. I don't know if he was messing with us or not, but yeah, it's like it's a seems like a name that I would make up. People think that I rip off Mr. Beast. They literally think that most of them are twelve. But well, your your channel's older than his, isn't it? It is. It really is. He <laughs> you. Yeah, that's right. Well, now. I... <laughs> but have you single-handedly
1: funded millions of poor kids to rise up out of poverty uh, (laughs) like he does every day
0: yeah I I I mostly have positive thoughts about that dude because you know like he was a lot of people accidentally type in Mr Beat when they're searching for him really and they stumble upon and then they still watch my stuff anyway they stick around for me and he has done a lot of good work, despite some of the criticisms he get. You know, like he's exploiting people. Yeah, I think it's been a net positive on society. Uh, Mr. Beast. His channel is older than Mr. Beast himself. No, he was born in I think 1998, so YouTube didn't exist back then. He's only that. Man, he looks older than that. Is he? He's only 25. Yeah. Wow, he looks older than that. <laughs> yeah, he was born. He was born in Wichita, Kansas. Oh, yeah? he's hmm. not very far from where I lived. I was in high school at the time. Yeah. Anyway, all right. So, we already talked about the Sun Belt. Um, the trend for the last eighty years has been Americans have been generally moving south um, for the milder climates, especially in the winter even though the summer still will suck, but especially after the invention of the air conditioner, um, I made a whole video on this. It's kind of common knowledge by this point on YouTube, but, um, I think climate change isn't brought up enough. There's a, I wanted to show you, I want to see if you came across this map. Um, there's a new plant hardiness, um, map. Oh, I did see that. that. Yeah. Yeah. It's a brand new one that just came out. Um, I hope this doesn't have a paywall here. I'm going to share this with the audience here. Uh, But it is the first map that was done since um, 2012. And it's kind of small, kind of hard to see, but you can see uh, the thing I always think about is palm trees. Like you can now grow palm trees in Northern Texas when you couldn't grow them in Texas a hundred years ago and they will survive. And since they made this map in 2012 the uh, the average temperature has gone up 2.5 degrees, um, which is kind of I don't know I guess some people are excited because they can plant new stuff <laughs> um, but it's also kind of horrifying so um, <laughs> so and I, this is mainly a migration uh, question for you how do you think climate change will affect the future of the sun belts especially in the southwest you you're, you were hyping up New Mexico, but you I yeah. mean there's no water in the in the American Southwest. So how does that gonna affect that? I th- honestly it should affect
1: it, but I don't think it will because I mean you saw this up until a couple of years ago, the the lake levels and Lake Mead and Lake Powell out west, those those really bad pictures of the you know, these lakes almost dried up, but the population growth of Utah and Nevada has gone up in the past couple of years. So Unfortunately, I don't think people look at water as a reason to move or not to move somewhere. Um, but I think in the end, it's, it's going to have to be ocean desalination for California and then probably for Arizona as well. And if you can get those States off of the water, um, maybe have more for the States like Arizona or, uh, for Nevada and Utah. But I mean, I don't know, uh, in terms of, there's been talks of people moving back to the Rust Belt, but yeah. I think these are far, a little farther off. Um, I think it'll need to be very, very dire before people don't move somewhere because of water. I mean, there, I, I like to think that the water situation will be taken care of first, but I mean, that, history has shown that that's not going to stop people from moving somewhere. Um, but I think eventually it's going to have to be some type of ocean de-south that's there's plenty of water it's just it's a complicated process to get it there yeah expensive (laughs) i mean because for right now you you do have plenty of water in the midwest but it's still you couldn't grow a lot of the crops that you you grow in the southwest so it's kind of in a you know no man's land for a while where you, you still can't grow the stuff up there yeah it's not warm enough it's not you know, global warming enough up there, but um <laughs> but you still need the southwest for agriculture, but just no water. Um yeah, yeah. that's that's probably the most difficult uh, question, I think, for the southwest in general, because I mean going back to the 80s in California, they had no idea what they were doing with water situation, all the stuff before that with the Mulholland, uh Mulholland Falls kind of stuff and I mean, they've never had a good answer for the water. Just kind of pass it
0: on to the next group, you know, let them deal with it. Um, That's messed up though. I mean, we got to be thinking about future generations and it's like, I think about now that I, ever since I had kids, I was like, you know, they may have kids too. And uh, and in fact, their kids may have kids too. So I'm literally thinking about my grandchildren, my future grandchildren and great grandchildren. And I'm just like, well, if you if you think about wealth, a lot of times it's it's assets, of course, which a lot of, for most people that just means real estate, like whatever. Uh, if you have the the American dream of owning a house, it's such a and it's a dream that's becoming harder to reach, but yeah. it's there, uh, the, a lot of people don't realize the majority of Americans still own a home. It's a big deal, whether it be through a, a bank or otherwise. But if you're buying a house. In Las Vegas, or even Salt Lake City, where there's still fears about the Great Salt Lake. I mean, if that dries up, all of that crap at the bottom of the Great Salt Lake coming up and yeah. storms, you're going to it's going to be a nightmare in Salt yeah. Lake City. Um, and so, yeah, like I think about this. I'm like, OK, maybe I should tell my kids, like, when you think about where you want to move be aware of like, not, not what's the climate's going to do in 10 years. What is the climate going to do in 50 or hundred years? Because it's an investment. And I know it's hard for us to like, we're a very short term thinking uh, species, but <laughs> like I, I say, Hey, look to the great lakes. The great lakes is going to be, I think, because I, in my opinion, I think, yeah, there's we're making a little bit of progress trying to fight back against climate change, but I'm more of a doomer with this. Like, I'm thinking, like, we've already done the damage mostly. I don't know if we're going to be able to turn this around very well. It's going to suck for our great grandchildren. And maybe I'll be alive back, you know, in, in the year 2100, maybe. And I guess will be an old man, likely. Um, I predicted this, <laughs> but regardless, like, uh, I think people should start preparing now. I really do. But it's also it's not just the Southwest. I think people
1: in the Southeast don't realize that it's oh Florida because yeah (laughs) Florida can get get, you think it's all water, but it's it can be drought and Georgia really bad. Um, So right now we have a little bit of a drought in the Southeast, but back in i think it was 2010 there was a really bad drought and the reservoirs around atlanta were really low you could see all the you know the low water mark i remember that a couple of years later it was like record rain record rain record flooding and you could the reservoir still was not even at the point where it should have been in a normal year and it was a flooding year that's how low it was wow and so there's been water issues a lot a lot in georgia um and the Carolinas could be the same There's there's more water there than the Southwest, but there's more people moving there than the Southwest. So. Yeah. Um, so I, yeah, I think the great lakes is going to be the part where you're going to have the most reliable source of water. Um, cause you know, other than ocean water, but in terms of freshwater, that's your most reliable source for sure.
0: Yeah. You make really good points. Um, I actually have this book. I was going to see if you've heard of it. I figure you'd be the only one I know that has heard of this book. Uh, oh, where is it at? I'm, I'm going to find it. H- one moment here. Uh, oh, there it is. It's over here. It's very dorky. Very dorky. It's called Strategic Relocation. Have you huh. heard of this book? No, I have not. Yeah. I, and that last question I had, like what kind of inspired me to have that question, is this book. He basically looks like, Natural disasters primarily, but also like crime and stuff like that. Like, you know, where's the, the best place to raise a family based on? Uh, there's a little bit of variation for what you specifically, yeah. but like, there's good information in there that you never think about. Typically, people don't think about these things. They just assume, oh, I'm just going to live in Kansas my whole, the rest of my life, you know, because that's where my family, my ancestors were. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Donald Trump, tremendous stakes. Thank you. <laughs> Will DST ever go away? Well, uh, wait, DST. what is DST? I'm, I'm sorry. Do you know what DST? What daylight savings here? time? Oh, daylight savings time. Um, I think it should go away. I, I think it sucks. Uh, what's your opinion on daylight savings time? Uh,
1: for me, I think the more north you live, the bigger of a deal that's going to be. Uh, yeah. I don't like how it gets dark earlier, but if you live up North and it, you get rid of, you, you just only do daylight savings, the sun won't rise until nine, like eight or nine in the morning, which is yeah. kind of weird. So for, for, you know, you're relatively South or for your South uh, Florida, certainly Texas, it's not going to matter that much. It'll, you know, it's because you have um, less variation, but I think for people up North to, to keep it on daylight savings time all year round, would be weird. I think, you know, you're, yeah, it'd be light until 5 p.m. or so. But, I mean, you're, t- you're taking your kids to school in the dark. you would know, be going, I don't know, I, for me, I would rather have it the other way. But as someone in the South, I would like to keep it daylight savings time. But I think because it would affect the North more negatively, it probably, I think that's why we haven't gotten rid of it yet is because of, damn Yankees up there. You know, <laughs> Way to think of others. That's, that's good. The
0: sun geometry is all messed up up there. Yeah, that would be a huge adjustment. And somebody had a question. Thank you, CJQ, uh, for the super chat. Somebody had a question or they had oh. a question for you. Uh, have you paddled the Boundary Waters? Uh, nice shirt and high from Grand Morass. Is it Grand? How do you pronounce that? Mor- Grand Moray, I think. Grand Moray, Minnesota, just south of I Grand. was
1: I was just up there. That's where I got this shirt. Was I was up there a few months ago. Um I did not paddle. I was I was there, I was wanting to paddle, but this uh it was didn't really work out, but I'm was scoping out some nice areas to paddle where we'll be there next year. So yeah, I loved it up there a lot. Um yeah, I mean really nice wilderness. So I look forward to paddling there, but hadn't didn't get a chance to on this last
0: this last trip. Yeah, I was wondering where that random question came from. The I was like, Oh, the shirt. Yeah, <laughs> that's awesome cool uh i think it's your turn all right um all right so i don't get really
1: into politics on my channel but you know you get into stuff on yours so i figured it's fair game um (laughs) kansas is a state that you know basically is guaranteed to go republican in uh presidential elections uh probably to the point where you don't even have to see ads for president i wouldn't even think for the elections but yeah we don't see it seems like just as often as not there's a democrat governor so what is it about with Kansas that it has the separate state DNRs from the, you know, the national DNRs?
0: Well, it's I, I would say I mean I don't mean to you know brag about my home state, but we have a pretty smart population who can kind of see. <laughs> I mean, it, it's a uh, it's not quite as partisan as some of the other states. Like, um, so if a Democrat is saying the right things and they're not taught, they're not bringing up things that Kansans generally disagree about. So for example, abortion, I would say most Kansans, um, are, uh, on the right side of the spectrum for abortion. Um, but the, you know, our governor, Laura Kelly, who's a Democrat, she got reelected, uh, back in 2022. And, uh, She's fairly popular, although she's a Democrat. And this is, like you said, a Republican state. But the thing is, the legislature is Republican majority. And I think they Kansans are often OK with that bouncing out. I mean, we had a Democratic gov- governor also uh, 20 years ago, 15 years ago, Kathleen Sebelius, who later joined the Obama administration. Um, and she was also moderate, uh, you know, I think mostly on the economy. Mostly all about like lower taxes, which is a pretty high that's pretty high on the priority list here for Kansans. So something like, for example, Laura Kelly campaigned, and she still was she was a big reason why it passed in the legislature. Um, no taxes on food, or at least starting like transitioning, because you know, Dad, gummit. We need food to eat or to survive. Uh, so. That's something I think most of us agree on. It's not nonpartisan. So focusing on nonpartisan issues, I think uh, these savvy Democrats in Kansas who are, again, your Democrat in Kansas is nowhere similar to your Democrat in California or New York. (laughs) So it's just a different, different type of Democrat, I think. But we're a fairly moderate state. We are not like Alabama. You know, Alabama is quite a bit further right than Kansas is. So, yeah, great question. <laughs> All right. I just checked the score again. Man, it's a good game. But you know what? I'd much rather be doing this. But, yeah, in case you're following, in case you care, like you're the two people that are from Kansas that care, Kansas State is up 16-13 uh, to over Kansas. All right. <laughs> now, I remember when I was at South Carolina in the early
1: 2000s, there was one random year that Kansas was – one of the best teams in the country out of nowhere they were like 2008 yeah they were like 12 and 1 or something i was like kansas the basketball school is like the one of the top football schools this year would have
0: made the national championship before weren't for missouri freaking yeah. missouri yeah but missouri has a good team this year again too kansas uh their football team is good right now they had a bad loss last week but um they've been ranked many times it's after many many years of being a horrible team oh okay no segue for this. Um, we are on our eighth question. Uh, what are common misconceptions about geography?
1: Um, I think the biggest one is that it's just trivia. It's just, you know, what's the tallest mountain in Arkansas? What's the longest <laughs> river in Peru? So it's it's like Jeopardy trivia. So if you study geography and maybe you that's your... What'd you have on your resume i've you know i got my degree in geography i specialized in whatever somebody looking over it of course nowadays it's just ai but if back in the day when somebody would read your resume they would see, well geography i don't need someone that's just gonna you know know the capitals but not really realizing that it encompasses so much more so like what i do was before i was doing youtube was mainly climatology physical geography and natural hazard preparedness and response and a lot of people didn't realize that was within geography doing hurricane evacuation planning and that type of stuff. So we have to kind of hit it over, you know, get, get people to know what geography is. And it just encompasses way more than just um, trivia and Atlas um, stuff. But yeah, I mean, I think you can basically do anything with geography, whatever your interest is, you can make a spatial component to it and make it something that's within geography. So, it could be talking about just distribution of food or just different types of grains used here in this places or what countries use what kind of rice or just anything could have a spatial component to it so i think if people you know realize it was more versatile as a field it'd be a little more respected i think it's kind of it's not really people think of you know a geographer you know i studied geography it's more like do you do you know basic geography knowledge
0: yeah, it's kind of like thinking thinking about geography through those five themes that we every uh, when I used to teach geography, I like made them memorize them: location, place, uh, human human environment interaction, movement, uh, region. Those like anything that's anything that's everything. Geography is basically the study of everything: um, how everything gets around, how everything is placed where you could find everything. (laughs) It's about as broad as you can get. It's just the same way like history is the quickest way to learn everything because you're really like just learning the past of everything. Um, And so I feel like anybody who's really into any kind of social studies, they're really just curious people who like like to learn about a lot of stuff. And uh, we all kind of brag and like, oh, you know, did you know this? Did you know that? And that's kind of, I think, where the trivia element comes in. And then especially, like, you know, the one game show that I like to watch is... Take a guess.
1: I don't know. You seem like a Jeopardy kind of guy. Yeah.
0: Jeopardy, yeah. Um, So, yeah, trivia stuff. I liked it. Because, like, it is hard to, like, seem... It's hard to monetize. You're monetizing it. I'm monetizing it with my compared series. Like, But we're content creators. We're communicators. Whereas... I mean, when I was, like... I almost study geography in college. Um, instead, I went for journalism, education, history. But I, one of the roadblocks was like, what am I going to do with this other than be a geography teacher? Um, they were like, oh, well, you could do GPS or all this. But like, you're right, though. There wasn't like a, a track to a career. But when you think about it, though, what your point was, all careers kind of incorporate some kind of geography.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's, it's skills right? that can be pl- applied to a lot of different fields um so yeah not just things you would normally expect but again like with hurricane planning that's not something you would you know think with geography i was drawing up evacuation routes of you know areas and floodplains
0: yeah oh yeah gis thanks for correcting me jedi you are a jedi all right any any segue to your next question for that or no?
1: <laughs> yeah, actually, I do. Um, when I went to public schools, I mean, I didn't get much of any geography teaching at all. We got maybe either. a tiny little, uh, just a couple of lessons. It wasn't even a class of geography, just a geography lesson within something else. Uh, how was it in Kansas? And do you, do you feel that there needs to be, um, more geography more required geography
0: <laughs> well your last question absolutely obviously <laughs> yeah i think it i mean it's um the main type of geography that i think is under taught is um cultural geography you have so many people that i mean it's getting better in kansas at least it's getting better i see it because my daughter is in seventh grade this year and i see the content she's learning um, I'm not exactly happy with how her teachers have taught her. Um, I'm going to be talking to the principal. But anyway, I, I digress. Um, cultural geography is particularly important because it, it, it kind of forces students to have empathy because they're learning about, oh, you can do things in different ways. You can have belief systems. You don't have to talk that way. You know, like just something as simple as like knowing another language. I think there's a lot of overlap. When I taught when I learned Spanish in high school. My Spanish teacher, um, rest in peace, I found out she passed away, but she was really good about incorporating the culture part of it, where you're not just learning the language, you're learning like um, Spanish culture. Well, Mexican culture, primarily because we focused on that. And so I think that part in particular is I mean, we have so, like look at all the ignorance when it comes to social media and people going on and on about Ukraine or Russia or um israel palestine they don't know what they're talking about most of the time and it's because they don't know geography <laughs> yeah uh, that's, that's often a
1: common denominator is the yeah the ignorant you know views on world conflicts or whatever just lack of geography knowledge
0: yeah well and it, it helps kind of unify us when we just understand each other uh and, I, you know, I trick people into clicking on my videos when I have like a state rivalry, like Kansas and Missouri is the state rivalry. So if you're from one of those two states, you're like, oh, yeah, let's see what this is about. And then in the comment yeah. section, you're talking trash. It's mostly in good fun. But there are literally younger people that um, even older people who, wow, like they are arguing about basic facts that they don't they didn't, because they were. I don't know where they got their information originally maybe it was from their parents or i don't think it was from their schools but (laughs) like but yeah like it's this whole tribalism thing that um needs to kind of we need to get over that which we're probably not going to get over that anytime soon but uh something to strive for because that's how we all survive (laughs) yeah i would imagine you agree with me that more geography needs to be taught (laughs) yeah yeah that's
1: you know my wife is very well educated she's a college graduate but she went all the way from kindergarten to you know college graduate without taking a single minute of geography because they didn't have to do anything with that it was an elective you could take geography or geology or chemistry as a you know science but yeah i mean so to think you can go you know was that 16 years of school and not even a minute of geography i think it's crazy um yeah I'm definitely biased but I think even without the bias I think that's still wrong it's at just, the
0: same time what's weird is that like it's given us job security because there's so many so much ignorance out there that yeah. people are like they're going to YouTube to find out oh what's the difference between Israel and Palestine and they're like <laughs> watching my video like basic facts yeah so anyway yeah no Alaska is not in Russia no it's a it used to be. It used to be. Yes, Wyoming exists. Oh, come on now. All right. <laughs> all right. Uh, it, is my turn. Does it? Uh, it is my turn, isn't it? Okay. Uh, yeah, we're we're making progress here. Um, this is a more serious question. It's something I think about all the time, and I, I've actually asked asked it to a couple other creators in this show, I believe, but. Um, because you have traveled a lot and you've studied this stuff a lot, um, you know, there's a homelessness crisis right now. Like people experiencing homelessness is really bad. And it was kind of obvious why it was bad during the pandemic, I guess, because of the economy was really like not doing so well, but it's still a crisis. Um, so in your opinion, (laughs) how do we solve the homelessness crisis in the United States? Well,
1: I mean if i knew <laughs>
0: but yeah
1: I, I mean i think part of it is i don't think it's agreed upon what has caused it in the first place and if you don't know like it's is it just housing expensive it, it can't be just that i mean there it, has got to be more so i think we have to know exactly what the problem is before we can try to fix it because what, what a lot of cities are doing including chattanooga is they're turning old hotels into shelters, which I think is, is fine, but no one really knows that that's going to work. This kind of new things people have been doing, trying different different tactics. but they're Throwing
0: for, spaghetti at the wall, seeing what sticks. I'll
1: tell you what doesn't work, and that is what many towns do. And that's what, what they do here, unfortunately, is if there's visible homeless, the police will kind of round them up and drop them off somewhere where they can't be seen, and that's kind of – out of sight, out of mind. I think people here specifically, I'm sure it'll be the same in other places, think that the problem is better. It's not as bad as it was because they see less of it, but it's just they're being dumped off in the woods or off in a, you know, area behind some uh, factories. But I mean, I don't know. I don't have any good answer. I mean, that's the best I got, honestly, because they've tried universal basic income. But I think a lot of the problem is I mean, it's, it's mental illness. It's, it's, it's not even, and it's not just mental illness. I think a group of homeless that's overlooked are people that are just kind of slow, you know, people that are just low IQ that they're never going to be able to get a job that isn't going to pay well. Um, I think we focused a lot on addicts and people that were priced out and people that need to be on medication, but how about the folks that are just, I mean, I was at a deli and I was asking for a third of a pound, and the girl working there, and she didn't know what a third was. It's like a third. What does that mean? A third. And the other person had to be like, you think, you know, one third, three, three. Put point three. She had to like teach that to a, someone working there. I'm thinking it wasn't like this woman was stupid. It was just yeah, a little slow. And so I think people like that, if they're rent goes up you know they're limited what they can do and some of these low-paying jobs aren't going to be enough um so there's i mean there's a lot of a lot of issues going on but in terms of i, mean, I don't know i'm just rambling on the things because i don't really know i don't have any kind of answer mm-hmm. um i just see it getting a lot worse i've seen homeless people in places i'd never saw small towns um green bay wisconsin little rock arkansas just really bad um you know, just beach areas in California. Just, I mean, I, it's it's crazy. Um, yeah, I I just think in general, just people there isn't enough money for just normal people. It's all being you know, not it ain't it ain't passing down very well. I don't think the people that are needing the assistance are are getting much of it.
0: Yeah, it's definitely complicated. And it, what you just said about um chattanooga i can say the same thing about lawrence like they just kick them out of downtown and they put them all literally by the river and they're camping there's a huge camp by the river and then people were complaining about that and um not only that other neighboring small towns what they'll do is the police will pick up people experiencing homelessness and they'll take them to lawrence they'll drop them off here it's out of sight out of mind yeah. like the problem doesn't exist and then the people that um it's funny to me, like the people I've noticed in my hometown that complain the loudest, generally about home, the homelessness problem, who are just mostly they don't have solutions. Just they're just complaining. Are people that lean to the left that are not supposed, like stereotypically, supposed to be have more empathy and all this stuff, and they're they're worried more about their property value than helping these people who are humans. Um, if we have that fundamental belief that all human beings deserve rights, um, shelter should be a right. I think most Americans would agree that that should be. <laughs> and yeah. so that sh- like, that's why I call it a crisis more than anything, because you have millions of people right now who are just they have no place to go. And uh, as far as solutions, I always say, hey, look at the world and where where do they not have a homelessness crisis. Most places do, as it turns out, but there are exceptions. There are. Um, Now, you can argue back and forth about whether or not they're best solutions, but they've solved it. Places like Singapore, Austria, uh, a couple others um, have actually taken care of this problem. And so it's not like there aren't solutions. I just think that Americans aren't ready to to do it, and they're not ready to allocate the billions of dollars it would need to take care of it. They'd rather spend it on
1: other things. <laughs> yeah, I mean, just when I was in Canada the last time, I mean, when you start to see, you know, we always think of Canada as like the clean version of the U.S., but I mean, when I was in Toronto, there was a lot of homeless there too. Winnipeg, a lot of homeless there. Oh, so when it to, to, home, to not that? have
0: a home, Winnipeg would be the worst place in the winter to not have. Oh, a home I know. Hidden.
1: I mean, I was. I was actually quite surprised at how downtrodden Winnipeg was. And, you know, it kind of put things in perspective where it's, it was coming to Canada, too. And I've seen stuff about homelessness on the rise in Japan, something that you homeless in Japan didn't even exist 25 years ago. But now it's like a thing. Um, so it's it's worse here than other developed countries, but it's still it's spreading globally in terms
0: of. Um, I'm tired of this argument. They say the same thing about healthcare. There's a lot more people in America. Everything can be scaled up. Everything, in fact, when you scale up, often it's more efficient. So that's a, that's one of the dumbest. I'm sorry, no offense to you, Jedi, but that's one of the dumbest arguments I've ever heard. But you hear it a lot. Do um, you think Walmart can scale up? <laughs> <I'm> like, <laughs> there's a like it's a ridiculous argument. I'm sorry. Um, but no, there's a lot of comments that have strong opinions about this I think it's it's on everybody's mind and like yeah like when we travel we see it like when we were in uh, Memphis we had some aggressive homelessness hmm. uh, or uh, we had people that were homeless that were aggressive to us um, and I was just thinking like I wish I could help you like what can I do like giving a five dollar bill to somebody is not really helping them that much and so like uh, Yeah, we we need systemic change for sure. So sorry for the really tough question. (laughs) Well, I
1: mean, I would also think I think about how I've traveled to a a handful of poor countries, not not destitute, but. in poor countries, you don't see much homelessness. People have some type of makeshift shelter, even the poorest people. Yeah. It just kind of puts things in perspective where you're in, say, Mexico, very poor, but there's not the number of people on the streets. There's the, there's more people at least have some type of shelter, but in wealthier countries, there's more of a, the lowest level you can be is still expensive. It's the lowest you can get is out of the, out of the price range for people that can't get out
0: from the bottom. But, well, I think you hinted at zoning, which is, I think, <laughs> check out new urbanism folks. I, I'm really into new urbanism channels. Um, yeah, there's a lot. A lot of it is zoning. It's literally just the zoning is crappy and outdated. Um, NIMBY, that's right. I'm going to make a video about NIMBY. I'm really motivated to... Not in my backyard. You can. All right. Uh, I believe it's your turn, Kyle. All right. Um,
1: all right so this is going to probably cost them controversies. But <laughs> as, as a, uh, just a devil's, devil's advocate here. Oh, I love devil's advocate. The Senate is an unnecessary middleman.
0: Oh, you, do I agree with that statement? Yeah, just
1: as, just as a statement. Oh. uh, Based on how it kind of skews representation.
0: Oh, yeah. No, I mean, I think viewers of my channel kind of already know where I stand on this anyway, but I, I think it, I should make it clear that yeah, I think the Senate, um, you know, I think it's a good thing to have it there, too, as one of the few things we can do to protect small states. I agree that, I mean, I live in a small state, so perhaps I'm biased on this, but I think that there is value in having a Senate and making it about the states themselves should have representation versus the people. There's, a like, ph- philosophically, I think that makes a lot of sense, and also just practically. Um, however, like, um, Obviously, we've seen a Senate for throughout most of American history, actually, especially since the um, the silent filibuster, which is a really the past hundred years. So I made a video about this, but just not to go into it too much. But the filibuster makes it so that like it doesn't take very many people to just like stall yeah. in, in the Senate. Yeah. And so bills get passed in the House of Representatives, but they don't get passed much in the Senate, mostly because of this stalling and because it's just so easy to shut the debate down and and not vote on not even vote, not even have it brought up to be possible to vote on a bill. The few bills that do get passed in the Senate tend to be these giant omnibus bills where every Senator got at least one thing for their state. Like, Oh, I got a military base, or I I got a um, tax break for something that's going to affect my constituents in my state. That's going to help me get reelected. And so you have these monster monstrosities, uh, (laughs) of bills. Um, that's the only thing that gets passed. And, uh, it's so the system of just the Senate, I think is, it needs to be reformed in my opinion. I think the, the Senate should be probably ideally expanded, um, eventually, but for now we need to end the silent filibuster. Um, the talking filibuster is just fine. I think that's actually kind of cool. That's the Mr. Smith goes to Washington filibuster, yeah, yeah. get up there and just keep talking to delay the, the, uh, the vote. Um, but the silent filibuster is destroying the Senate. It's destroyed it for many, many years. Um, they don't even have to show up. Yeah. They just don't even have to show up. They can just stay at A home.
1: procedural
0: filibuster. Yeah. It's a, it's almost incredible, but it still happened. I, I am surprised more people aren't outraged by it. There's some of people who are just like, oh yeah, that's just the way it is. I'm like, You know, we can change things, right? We don't have to do things the same way. (laughs) uh, Anyway, i got another super chat here. You get me all worked up. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, they are. malfunction 808 They are human beings. Thank you for that. Thank you for your support. Um, All right. Uh, Do you have anything to say about the Senate before we move on to the the last questions? I was literally just a
1: devil's advocate because i mean with the yeah. state when the when it was written that um all states should have equal representation the states were reasonably equal population i mean there's going to be some you know virginia massachusetts had more than georgia south carolina but it was it wasn't like california texas wyoming vermont it was not that much so I, i've always thought maybe should bigger states be split up or you know, should, you know I don't know. I the don't. These are more of a, the you know, voters. again, just kind of a devil's advocate kind of thing. But.
0: Yeah, no, I agree. I mean, it shouldn't be that radical. It really shouldn't. Um, but yeah, like your vote in um, Tennessee is not worth as much as my vote in Kansas. My yeah. vote is more, and so that goes against the Constitution, in my opinion. It goes against the Fourteenth Amendment. You don't have the equal voice, equal opportunity to be heard. Um, so yeah, the Constitution contradicts itself. Maybe we can get the Supreme court to look at that, but they probably wouldn't, wouldn't look at that. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, my last question more lighthearted. So that's good. Is your, la- is your last question heavy or lighthearted? Actually, I have
1: more than 10 just in case. Oh, in case there was one that got, you know, covered up, but no, I you know it's lighthearted. Yeah. I'm not going to end it with, you know,
0: a down- <laughs> homelessness. <laughs> Uh, yeah. Okay. Well, this is a, a lighthearted one. So what are your travel goals?
1: Oh, um, honestly to see as much as I possibly can is as simple as that. Um, there's almost nowhere I wouldn't want to go. Um, I, I was, you know, relatively poor for a while. So it's just been the past decade where I've had enough money to really travel much and we don't have kids that helps a lot with that. So (laughs) Um, but this earlier this year, we went to Morocco and that was our first big, or for me, my first big, my wife had traveled overseas but my first big exotic kind of, uh, trip, and we loved it. We're going to go back again, but, nice. um, I have big trips coming up, uh, next month and in, in February, my first big solo exotic trip. I'm excited about that, uh, but I, I wanted this visit as much as I can, um, And usually the places I'm the least interested in visiting are somewhere like Rome or Athens or, (laughs) you know, really well-known places. I'd be more interested in say Kyrgyzstan or uh, Oman uh, places that I don't know much about. Because I'll never be able to visit everywhere. So I, I can learn a lot from not visiting certain places that have a lot of info, but certain other places I'll never know that much without going there. So, um because i'm going to be i mean i'm going to be in west africa in february so i'm going to be in a couple of places that are way off the beaten path so i'm excited about that
0: that's awesome that's so cool i want to go to kenya a lot or like really bad and also randomly um after researching it um some somaliland um i did you know i i have a, a shout out to freda rockwell has a ch- youtube channel has a lot of small land um videos and then he's actually got to go there and he's like hey maybe I can hook you up with a trip to go there like because it's a really fascinating place yeah I mean it's
1: yeah that's I just somewhere I, that's somewhere I'd love to go to there's almost nowhere I wouldn't want to go but yeah but those kind of places where you really just want to see it um yeah I mean well I yeah want so to you me. wouldn't
0: you wouldn't want to go to Rome.
1: Well, no, I, I would. Go. I I, oh, okay. I absolutely would. It's just more. I know I won't be able to visit everywhere. So, yeah, that I know a lot about, just from you know vicariously, I would be less interested in seeing as opposed to somewhere I just don't know that much about. Oh, yeah, yeah, makes but sense. With that being said, if someone wants to pay for me to go to Rome, I'll. I'm going. <laughs> I'll go right now.
0: See, my issue with a place like Rome or Paris or really a lot of like. Even like uh, Shanghai, it's, just, it's too crowded. there's too many tourists. When we were in London, yeah. like man, this, this is there's too many Americans here. We got to get away from the Americans. I ended up running a car and just driving to the countryside to get away from all the Americans. <laughs> yeah. well, it's yeah, that's awesome. The worst spe- what's a specific country are you gonna, are you gonna go to multiple countries or I'll, I'll be in Senegal
1: and the Gambia. So oh, Senegal nice. is kind of shaped like Pac-Man and Gambia is that one that goes in there. So it's, it's almost tough to visit Senegal without visiting Gambia. So oh, okay. Um, I speak French, so I want to hit the places that I can where I need to be able to speak French We oui. and then uh, work on Spanish after that and hit South America.
0: See. Si. Ah, yes. Okay. That's awesome. Yeah. Um, okay. So yeah. What's, Which- oh yeah so um i'm sorry related to that though i gotta know i i just really I, I never asked you this but what's your your favorite place you've ever visited i don't think you, have you ever said this in a video your very favorite place you've been to ever uh you know honestly i i don't know if i could say
1: a single that's that's tough um me it's british columbia hands down i
0: love british columbia
1: <laughs> I, I think from a nature standpoint I would go with, I I really like southeastern Utah, the the national no, parks, but not you know off the beaten path areas. Yeah. But in terms of cities, I we really did love Marrakesh, the the medinas in Morocco. That's that kind of just the labyrinth of, you know, thousand year well about 500, 600 year old buildings and, um, yeah. So, but nature things for the most part will be the ones that stick with me the most. So camping national parks i mean i yellowstone is my favorite national park um, in terms of getting way off there and mm-hmm. um seeing some really cool uh, geothermal
0: formations yeah speaking of which the, the volcano in iceland that's, that's crazy that's crazy that's yeah, right where the counter. people live too it's that's uh yeah. that's serious stuff they evacuate a couple of uh towns
1: yeah, I mean if it if it's as bad as if if the worst predictions are the ones that come about, they're gonna have to to get rid of that town that what they have to desert it essentially, they'll be destroyed. It's crazy. Yep, I'll be able to come back. I don't think that's happened in modern history. I've tried to think of a of a town that was completely destroyed by a volcano in modern history. I don't I can't think of one. Um I can't that, either. It's a possibility if it's that bad. It's kind of like those Hawaii volcanoes, if it was near a a town, if the town was right there, yeah, yeah. All right, well, what's your last question? All right, so my last one's gonna be what one of your first ones was for me. Um, if you could move anywhere, say you had to move, you had to leave Kansas, and you couldn't live in a bordering state either, where would you go? oh yeah I've said this
0: before in another stream but Virginia for sure like there's a oh, lot of- yeah you did say Charlottesville you did say that's your yeah well uh I actually really like Blacksburg a lot I like um the whole Shenandoah Valley like the Blue Ridge Mountains that's my favorite part of the country but also it's like the combination of the natural beauty mixed with the um history like I'm close I, I can drive close uh lead to Civil War historical sites, uh, um, revolutionary war sites, uh, DC would be close by to, I mean, DC alone. I don't want to live. I don't want to ever live in DC, <laughs> yeah. but I, it's my favorite place to visit is DC in which probably viewers of my channel are not surprised at all to hear that. Um, but I just love that part of the country so much. I think Virginia is the nicest state in many ways. And, uh, it's also a good mix too, like, uh, North and South. I know it's considered a Southern state, but these days there's so many dang Yankees that came down. Yeah. <laughs> Well,
1: both for you, I mean, that's Virginia and Pennsylvania the two states that have the most American history that isn't on the coast. There's actually a lot of old stuff that's, you know, would have been way inland back in those days. You know, at Charlottesville, Blacksburg, Roanoke, that might as well have been a, Kansas. It was so
0: far from the coast back oh, then. Oh, yeah, that's a good point. Yeah. Yeah, it was uh, – well, the other thing, too, I mean, unfortunately, a lot of Native American history has been lost. There's not – I mean – There's the mounds that were left behind that you can see along the Mississippi river, the uh, Cahokia. Um, But as far as, and then out further out West, there's been, some of that stuff has been preserved, but I hate to say this, but like throughout the Midwest, there's just not a lot of history that's preserved unless you go to museums, you know, here and there, just random objects, artifacts. But yeah, as far as like visiting, I love filming on site the actual spot where like, Going, I've never been to a lot of Civil War sites, but I can't wait to kind of go to the Bloody Lane where the Battle of Antietam was. Like that was like probably single-handedly the most violent moment in American history, and violent place in American history, all in one little spot. The Bloody Lane. <laughs> um, I can't wait to make that video someday. But I can't. I mean, it's it's a, a ways to go, and I rather drive than fly. I hate flying, but I'll fly if I have to. But it'd be nice just to like, oh, I'm just gonna take a two-hour trip to film a video. <laughs> yeah. So. Anyway, yeah, family's here in Kansas. Got to be where the family is, you know. That's, yeah. Is where's most of your family at?
1: Um, they're they're all in California. My dad's side oh. is in the northern. My mom's
0: side's in the Central Valley. Oh man. <clears throat> well, you know. I'm I'm kind of like. It's mostly my wife's side that likes a little bit closer to family. Like I, I could probably get away with moving to Alaska. If, if I never yeah. w- was married, I would probably be like a mountain guy with a big beard and living in. You know, That's <laughs> how it is for us. My, my wife is Southern. So she wants to be in the South. Oh, I see. Okay. Yeah. I'm sure you miss seeing your family though. Oh, well, most yeah, I of go out it.
1: there. I go out there a couple times a year. That's one thing good oh, about, yeah. you
0: know, doing this.
1: I can, take a week off to go visit. So I'm, I'm taking advantage of being able to have extended time to to travel other places. So I get this, I can see my family a couple of times a year. I'll be out there in, in, uh,
0: about a month or so. And always turn it into a video while you're out there or on the way. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, thank you so much for the super chats, the super sticker. Thank you. Uh, Chris, thank you so much for that generosity. And uh, Chris says, big fan of you guys. Hope to see you guys do a geo guesser session part two against each other. You would probably dominate again. Um, maybe this time try inviting guys like Chicago. Well, Chicago but-
1: Geographer, he, he would work us both pretty good. He's a. Oh, uh, yeah. There are a-
0: literally, I mean, that's the thing. That's like a whole new levels. There are literally just geo guesser YouTubers. That's a yeah, actually I, I met him. Category. He's really
1: he's a really nerdy geographer too. He's just he's studying at the University of Chicago. So I met him when I was doing a video there. So he he does deal oh, nice. aggressive videos, but he's he's a hardcore geography nerd.
0: What about Rainbolt? I've never heard of Rainbolt before.
1: Yeah, I'm not sure who Rainbolt is.
0: We'll look him up. All right. And Isaac, thank you so much. Uh what well, th- hey, hey, that's okay. Thank you so much, Isaac. Just amazing that you've or, your generosity. Um, yeah we we have. It's only been a little over two hours, so you you want to stick around for a few questions? Because I'm sure. Yeah, sure. Okay, yeah. Uh, so if you have any questions for the legendary King uh, Kyle from Geography King, uh, please let us know in the chat. In the meantime, if you're not subscribed to Geography King, all you got to do is just search it up on YouTube. Geography King, it pops right up there. I've, I've tried it, so don't you worry. Uh, let's see here. Any questions? Let's see. A lot of just comments. <laughs> oh, kind words there. We appreciate that. Man, there's. Looking for questions. Maybe we aren't going to get any. I'll give him a moment here. Sorry. Favorite stretch of highway, random channel 101. What's your favorite stretch of highway?
1: Uh, For interstates, I would say I-70 from Denver to um, like the middle of Utah where it ends. It's just a really pretty drive.
0: I think that's the last stretch built, built, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, I I learned that from Interstate Kyle. Subscribe to Interstate Kyle. yeah. Yeah. But I mean I'm not a big fan of interstates though. Like let's be honest here. Like interstate Yeah, I, I'm anymore. more of a
1: side road kind of guy.
0: Yeah. There we so go. um
1: Yeah, the the uh
0: this
1: the roads through southeastern Utah where I like it a lot is just a really beautiful drive without even having to stop and get out and hike if you don't want to.
0: Blue Ridge Parkway for me, maybe. <laughs> <clears throat> What do you think of the Baltic states? Oh, man, I have a video about the singing revolution. Uh, my fav- favorite revolution in world history where they just everyone just started holding hands and singing to <laughs> stick it to the, the Soviets. Uh, I don't know. what. Have you been to the Baltic states or know anyone who's been? No, um, but I'm sure right now they're glad they're
1: part of NATO because they're kind oh. of safe. Um, those other countries, you know, Moldova, Belarus, they've never, they're, they've basically been Soviet even after the breakup. But Estonia, still in Latvia, Lithuania can kind of like breathe a sigh of relief that they're basically safe. Because, um, you know, Armenia is probably going to be next, I would think. But, yeah, so I one thing I find interesting about the Baltics is just how strange the Estonian language is. It's kind of like Finnish. It's that one of those languages where it just, you look at, it, it's like, what is that? And it, no one knows really where it came from. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, yeah. I'd love to visit there. Uh, actually, I did a thing with Atlas pro. Uh, it was a live quiz thing. We were on the same team and it was to list the 10 coldest countries in the world in terms of its average annual average temperature. And, uh, Estonia was the one that we missed so I was <laughs> we were we got okay. nine 10, missed that one huh
0: yeah they're uh, much wealthier countries than the the ones you mentioned like Moldova oh yeah and like Bulgaria because they're all landlocked that's the, that's a big challenge the landlocked countries are so dependent on Russia um, Oh we got a super chat here thank you my lazy mood what is the most interesting fact about Montana? I would say, I would say to me like just kind of this is kind of lame, but I, the fact that it's mostly not mountains, it's mostly plains. That's usually my go-to interesting fact. It's like you think that as soon as you get it, oh mountains now, it's just boring landscape for much of it, two thirds of it. What about you? Can you top that?
1: <laughs> uh, I remember when I was in college, I was doing a lot of broadcast meteorology, and one of the things I remembered was that. The smallest TV market in the entire country is Glendive, Montana. I think it's like 10,000 people that live in the entire TV, that range of your local TV network. So I thought it was Eastern Montana. It's just the largest stretch of just having one town. That's 5,000 people would be the biggest one. Pretty random. Wow. You beat me on that fact. You win. <laughs> of course that stuff doesn't matter anymore. The, you know, TV market size doesn't, have the same same way way.
0: yeah you're right um sydney thank you so much have you been through northwestern minnesota i drove through a few years back and liked it yeah it's the same the boundary waters uh, area is um further east right but um northwestern is a little bit more i would say i've been straight north up to winnipeg through fargo um but i've never been in northwestern minnesota really yeah it's probably less woods, woods, right? It's probably more like looks a little bit more like Iowa. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe not, maybe it is more. Is it all forest? I haven't been there. It's fairly wooded. Um, I was up there near the town of War Road. I'm not sure about
1: W A R R O A D, and that's near the near the border, and that's where I crossed over. It was wooded, but nothing like Northeast Minnesota, where it's you know dense woods. But it wasn't like Southern Minnesota either. It was just Plains and,
0: and fields. Let's just pull it up on good old Google Maps. Let's see. Yeah. So uh, I'll share the screen here. Uh, sorry, I'm slow with this when I'm trying not to show personal information, but I'll probably hit one. Oh, yeah. Oh, these are horrible photos. <laughs> <laughs> no, no. Let's do a uh, street view. Yeah, it looks like Iowa to me. yeah. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, no, like, uh, it's, there's, it's a very clean area. North Dakota's this way, too. Did you notice that? Like, Minnesota, North Dakota, something about, like, there's, there's no trash on the ground. Why is that? There's no, like, every, like, all the infrastructure is kept up really well. I don't know. It looks kind of boring, though. Sorry. <laughs> yeah. All right. Uh, we're getting more questions. Wow. Thank you so much, everyone. Le- Leviticus Prime, thank you. If you were forced to live anywhere other than the United States, where would it be?
1: For me, it'd be the Caribbean. I'd go to Grenada. That'd be my top choice. Hmm.
0: Interesting. So tropics, tropical. Yes. I I, uh, I, just have a lame answer. I would <laughs> Canada, British Columbia. Yeah. yeah. That's probably what I would say. Sorry. That's a, a great question. I love it. Well, this is probably, I'm trying to try, I'm going to try to find one that's more geography related. So if you have just pure history related Steph, I'm probably going to skip over it. What is the most forgotten country per population? Oh, I, I always say uh, Philippines and Indonesia are two countries. that They're huge. Like Indonesia is the fourth most populated country in the world, but it doesn't get near the attention that, you know, the big three, China, India, uh-huh. States get. What about you? Uh, I mean,
1: Vietnam has a hundred million. Ethiopia has a hundred million. Those are not, you know, is but other countries maybe like uh, trying to think like a smaller country that. I don't know, but yeah, those some of the ones that are really big that are bigger than you might be expecting, uh, like when Nigeria is pushing two hundred
0: million ethiopia Uh, i did a video on ethiopia it's it's uh it's over 100 million i think um yeah most african countries (laughs) anytime i make a a video um about african countries it does not perform as well uh yeah because north americans don't watch those videos as much i hate to say it but that's just the facts they don't so watch learn your african geography dad gummit actually my
1: I've posted 200 and some odd videos and one of my lowest three or four is the one I have talking about African economies. Uh, yeah. Not a lot of, not a lot of interest in it, but I st- I'll still do it.
0: Oh yeah. I, I still like to, to make them. Uh... Actually I
1: see somebody said Bangladesh. That's actually a, I, my the best one. Cause that's probably 150 million people and you never hear much about Bangladesh except when they flood, you hear about the,
0: I'm a such a jerk that I'll go like the country that I uh check out Google Street View the most is Bangladesh because I've always been so fascinated by by the fact that there's so many people that are there and just do street view there's not a lot of places on street view that you can see but the maybe I'll get into it here but anyway um Leviticus prime says that their pick would be the places with the best climate obviously mediterranean climate is the win that's the best climate let's all face it you know which has a good Mediterranean climate that does not get enough attention is uh, southern Australia. Yeah, like or, uh, Adelaide. Yeah. Adelaide has perfect climate. Perfect. Um, it's a beautiful place, but you know hardly anyone knows about it. Uh, what's you want to do? Bangladesh Street View. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm not sure why Bangladesh is so
1: well covered with Street View. I'm not sure if Google chose them as a country to
0: but they're, yeah, they're very is, well covered by street view usually it's daca i just uh oh here let me share, share the skin sorry oh sorry i didn't mean to do that here we are just random spot in daca people everywhere just people yeah. everywhere actually this is a little bit more open here maybe I'll go down the side street Got to find a side street first, but yeah, uh, getting a rickshaw traffic jam. <laughs> this is actually pretty, pretty chill for Bangladesh for Dhaka. Yeah, just so many people, and actually, yeah, the not as many high rises as you'd think. This is from March 2013, though. This is 10 years ago. They need to update their Google Street View. Yeah, Bangladesh Um, comes up a lot on GeoGuessr, not sure exactly why, but it's... Probably because folks like me are always looking at it. (laughs) Uh, What are your thoughts about having states redrawn? I think it's a good idea. I think that we should have more states. In fact, I did a whole stream uh, where there would be 100 hypothetical states, and it was based on cultural differences more than anything. Um, but kind of, kind of random also at the same time. What about you, Kyle? Yeah, I,
1: I agree. I, I think like I was alluding to before with the Senate. I, there's so much uh, discre- discrepancy between the biggest states and the smallest ones. I think the biggest ones are they're, you know, too big. like for example, if you were to pull New York City Metro, like that southern tip of New York off of the rest of New York, it's it's just so weird that that giant Metro is barely hanging off the state. And it's still, you know, that'd be that'd be the most obvious one for splitting in two. But yeah, I, I think with some States being so small, you couldn't really combine. There's been people say, Oh, combine the Dakotas, put those back together, but you can't combine, recombine States, but well, you could, I think, break up other ones.
0: Yeah. I think California often gets brought up at, um, the, uh, Proposed state of Jefferson, but also the greater Idaho movement, which I made a video about where they're trying to actually just make Idaho bigger, I think, is really more of the plan, which, yeah, break them up. I agree with you. My lazy mood. Thank you. Uh, If you had to, where would you live in Wyoming? For me, it would be Casper. I'm a big fan of Casper. We were in there. We were through there on our Oregon Trail trip, and I loved it there. Not a lot of people still though. There, it's like the second biggest city, and I think it only has like fifty thousand people, sixty thousand yeah. people. <laughs> I kind of like you?
1: Evanston in the southwest corner.
0: Oh, we were there too. Yeah, it's a kind of a hidden gem there. They got some cool sculptures there. Yeah. Uh What was it? No, and that wasn't that wasn't Evanston. That was a. Uh... No, no. What was it? I'm sorry. I got to look at a map. Yeah. Evansville
1: has a lot of uh, really cool murals.
0: No, the town I was thinking of was Rock Springs. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah Rock like- Springs has the
1: the art tunnel thing under, like downtown. There's a little tunnel you can walk. And local
0: people put art on there. Was that Rock Springs? Yeah. Oh, okay. I we were we spent the night there, but I don't think we saw that. So, not not much in Wyoming. <laughs> If the U.S. broke apart into smaller countries, uh, what do you think they would look like? These are great questions. <laughs> um, I think uh, you want to answer this first. I mean, I, I don't. Yeah, I don't see the
1: break. I think people have talked about you know breaking up the country like a n- new divorce, or you know people say things like that, but. <laughs> Based on what lines care. how would you how would you define how would you draw the lines you couldn't draw it based on old Civil war lines because people in Atlanta or Houston or New Orleans weren't going to be going for that and then if you put Idaho with the northern states they wouldn't want that so I don't see how you, it could even be done feasibly um because it's always with politics in mind and you just can't I don't think you can split any state up and say you know all everybody in the state now has to be in this country that has this ideology
0: yeah i don't want to see it happen i don't i made a video about this and everything you said is exactly what i said in the video um like how would you do it by the last presidential results or the last senate election results or like the uh um governor um and then i ended up doing it based on last presidential and the map looked like this but look at how ridiculous that is. Yeah, It was just purely a for fun exercise that is not rooted in reality at all. And then look at Georgia all by itself. That's yeah, based on of the presidential election results. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. This map is ridiculous. Um, terrible actually follow terrible maps on Twitter too. If you're on that horrible platform, some <laughs> people call it X. They called it. I, I call it Twitter.
1: Yeah, I, I'm not on it. I have an account there. So if anybody says they're me. I can say no.
0: They're not. But I don't ever use it. No. Oh. Yeah, that's why you're so much happier than I am. I knew it.
1: <laughs> yeah. Same with TikTok. I have an account, but I don't use it because there's been a problem with people on TikTok taking the names of people on YouTube that don't have a TikTok account. Yes. So I, I was like, well, I got to set up one just to in case someone tries to impersonate me to
0: challenge them at least on that. All right, we'll take a couple more questions. So thank you, Isaac. Uh, Opinions, just because I got to go to the bathroom. That's to be honest. That's why the coffee I drank is getting to me. Um, (laughs) Isaac uh, says, opinions about inner city passenger railroads in America. Just finished a trip from Seattle to San Francisco last weekend. Well, they got that one that just opened up that uh, between, what is it, Orlando and... um, Miami. Right. Yeah. The bright line. Yeah. Yeah. I heard that's uh, people were digging that. So. Um, I love it. I'm a big train guy. I think the more the merrier. I have been on Amtrax, uh three times in my life and it was uh, I liked it way better than flying. I will tell you that much. And the thing I like the most about it is like, you know, it's laid back and you don't have to, you have space, you can move around on the train, you know, it's like you can get off the train at certain stops. It takes, it takes time. Yeah. I wish they were faster. I wish that we'd go in the direction of China more where you have the uh, high speed rail more. Um, but yeah, it's, I'm all about the trains. <laughs>
1: Yeah, I mean, for us, when we were in Morocco, getting around, they have high-speed rail. They have the same. Morocco, Morocco. has yeah, high-speed rail. The same as the bullet trains in Japan and France. And Holy! It made crap. Visiting it so much easier, and just it was great. Um, little humbling to go to a poor country riding on these beautiful high-speed rails, and we're struggling to get that here. But yeah,
0: what, what is the top speed of the the bullet trains in? China that they just opened up and they're really quiet when you go inside.
1: Um the uh, one that I think they about 320 kilometers an hour, I think. Oh 350.
0: Okay. Yeah, so that's I'm not good with the metric system.
1: We were on one that was going 320 it was the top speed of the one we were on.
0: Oh, oops, here we go. Somebody already has already beat me in the track. Oh 217 miles an hour. That is crazy yeah that's amazing um i love it okay uh leviticus prime thank you again what do you think of the map chart map maker are you familiar with this kyle yes i think it's great
1: um it's limited what you can do but with just i mean a very limited knowledge of how to make maps you can make something that looks pretty good but if you are really good at making maps, you you can't do a whole lot with it. But it does a, yeah, it's a great way to make. And you've probably seen maps like that that, um, uh, YouTubers, people, yeah, yeah, YouTubers. are really YouTube. easy to make, and they're you can yeah. um, use I've a larger color this. palette with it
0: as well. I need to actually start using this for my own videos because I do. You, do you know uh, Dave's redistricting? uh that
1: sounds I think you really like that one it's because it's a map making but you can mess around with congressional districts and right can,
0: it's yes da- it's dave's, redist- redistricting? dave's
1: redistricting yeah i use it for all kinds of stuff that's not even congressional stuff it's just good maps oh wow no i wasn't familiar with this one all right i'm bookmarking this one as well <laughs> it's, it's, it's meant for you know redistricting but it's great for all kinds of other info it's uh-huh very detailed all right map kyle. charts free to use and it's it's good if you want to make basic maps it's a good good, good
0: website nice just making sure we didn't get any any more uh super chat okay we're all caught up with that so we're going to wrap this up because like i said i have to go to the bathroom I, w- <laughs> I could probably talk to you for not just hours but days kyle i really enjoyed talking yeah, with you i appreciate it yeah
1: i can <laughs> I'm the same way I my live streams always go a long time. So, I, yeah, it's a lot of fun. I I appreciate you having me on.
0: Oh, my pleasure. And reminder, everyone watching uh, or listening, check out Geography King on YouTube. Subscribe to his channel. Uh, I'm not sure how many subscribers you have, but dadgummit, you're doing it full time. Show the love yeah. to him. Really high quality uh, geography videos, primarily the United States. But sometimes you look at other stuff, too, right?
1: Yeah, a little bit. little of Canada. There'll be something on Senegal when, it, when I get back. So. Oh,
0: there you go. <laughs> nice. Yeah, have a great trip in uh, Africa. Um, I'm a little jealous I don't, don't get to go with you. <laughs> well, but, uh, I'll send you some photos. There we go. Yeah, I'll <laughs> see what you post on Instagram, too. All right. Uh, well, everyone watching, uh, listening, thank you so much. Uh, thanks for all the Super Chats. Thanks to my Patreon supporters. And take care of your, yourselves. Bye-bye. Up, guys. All right, so